Well, hello everybody. How's it going? Uh, just want to say a big shout out to all of you ACDC fans that have joined us today. Um, we're in for a treat. So uh, we're just going to start right from the top with some uh, some business. Um, so um, yeah, you know what this means. Today is episode number ten. So now I've got to come up with a new open because I'm all out of fingers. See, that's that's the whole thing. So now I got to hurry up by next week and come up with a new open. You know, that's just as riveting as counting on your fingers. Uh, so yeah, so do me a favor right now. Go ahead and hit the share button down below so that uh, it gets across your pages and we can help grow the channel. Um, if also while you're watching today, um, you get a pop-up that says, hey, do you want to turn your notifications on for the Audio Rose podcast? Uh, hit yes. Uh, that helps us out a lot when you guys uh, like the page and follow us. So, uh, so yeah, um, let's just jump into some business. Uh, you can follow us along right now as we stream live here on Facebook as well as our uh, YouTube page. We've got social media accounts set up on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also follow us um, for audio-only episodes at uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Uh, as always, you can feel free to send us an email as well to Podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear back um, any kind of comments or suggestions, um, show topics and game ideas, anything. Um, we want you to be just as much of a part of the show as, as those of us here in the studio. So, uh, yeah, recap what's uh, last week. Uh, actually, before we do that, don't forget too. We've added a playlist now. We that's something new that I've started where I upload playlists to both Spotify and um, iTunes. So um, some most of the time it'll be after the show airs, but on shows like today's show where we already know what the uh, music is going to be centered around, um, I throw those up like a week in advance so everybody gets a chance to be on the same page and listen to the same music. So um, again, that's on iTunes and Spotify. So yeah, today we're in for a real, real cool show. Um, last week we did a little um, kind of some talk and shop, if you will. We didn't really have any guests or anything, um, which you know surprisingly gave me a chance to really connect with some of you guys on a deeper level, get to know what you enjoy about the show, what you want to see more of, and that kind of thing. So it was really cool to really get to personally connect with you guys um, as a host uh, to all you watchers and listeners out there. Uh, another thanks to Mr. Stacy Haney from the Stone Chapel Band for you know being my little puppet last week. Uh, when we ran into our audio issues and you guys were able to hear them and I wasn't. So that was a really entertaining interview. Uh, so thanks again to him for being on the show and for his patience for those first like 10, 20 minutes or however long it took to get it figured out. Uh, so yeah. Um, also next week, we're doing hip hop from the year 2000. Um, so for those of you who like something a little newer, uh, next week may be a really cool show for you. Uh, so yeah. Today, however, as you can see right here, we are doing ACDC Classic Album Clash. We're taking Highway to Hell versus Back in Black, putting them against each other. We're going track by track, kind of dissecting all these. Um, you know, since Dan likes to say that we're all scripted over here, I may or may not have four pages of notes ready. Uh, n nothing to do with a podcast. I just wanted to take notes, you know, and <laughs> do my thing. So, so yeah. Uh, so as you saw maybe on uh, the uh, Unsung Dreamers podcast this week, um, Dan, Ho uh, Dan Fritz is going to be a co-host with me today or a guest. And uh, we were going to have Shane Jennings, but something happened to his back. I don't know if he was back hurting from carrying a new band on his back or I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but he's down and out. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to take advantage of that. You know, I don't want any rumors started or anything. So anyway, uh, so, yeah, uh, stay tuned. We're going to um, get the show kicked off here in just a minute and introduce you to our guest. So stick around.
I have just one question. Have you thought about being a guest on the show? We are currently seeking music lovers of all kinds to join in on our fun. If you're interested in being a guest, or if you just have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can message us on Facebook or email us at the audio roast podcast at gmail.com. You can also submit any topics you'd like to hear discussed. All right, and indeed, uh, we are ready to get this episode kicked off. So, uh, without any further ado, you may know my first guest. Um, as seen on TV, uh, as seen on, okay, MTV, or I don't know, he's seen on something. He's seen on some TV show or some stage somewhere. Um, you might know him from, um, let's see here, let me, let me get my, my notes. Johnny Q Public, uh, like I said, MTV, formerly of Machine Gun Symphony, currently with Boot, currently with Boot Jeep, currently with Backbeat, not Backseat, Productions. Uh, the Unsung Dreamers, Dreamers, the musical journeys of the Not So Rich and Famous. Uh, that's right, everybody. You got it. It is the one and only Mr. Dan Fritz. How's it going, my friend? How are you? Doing good. I'm doing good. Good. It's good to be here. Well, it's good. Good to have you here, my friend. It's good to see all our friends here. Yes, indeed. So, um, yeah. So it looks like Terry's driving this week. Terry, where are you driving to? Um, you know, we hit, we got to answer all the uh, hard-hitting questions and stuff, so give right. us the answers. Right. Um, Tyler Weeks, what an epic ad break. Yes, indeed. Uh, for those of you paying attention. Especially the narrator. Right. Yeah, not the music <laughs> or the production. No, <laughs> just the voice. Uh, yeah, so for those of you at home taking notes, you heard uh, a newer edition of the uh, uh, Want to Be a Guest spot. So, uh, yeah, thanks to Tyler Weeks for stopping in this week. I could and, tell and I could tell them. he was tequila drunk when he was doing it. You think so? He yeah. actually was not. He was <laughs> he was drinking a lot of coffee. But uh, he and I both being wrestling fans, he's like, what's what's kind of your, how, what, how do you feel this going? I'm like, just be the rock. And he's like, if you want to be a guest. And I'm like, there you go. You nailed it. Perfect. And then he like put the eyebrow in, you know, did the whole that thing. Right. And right. I was like, dude, it's audio. That ain't going to work. We got to cut that out. So, yeah. So let us know as we get started here. Um, are you for um, hashtag back in black or hashtag uh, highway to hell? Let us know down below in the comments. We'd like to know where you stand from the beginning. Your ideas and, and thoughts may change by the end of the show, as we've learned in past episodes. So uh, keep an open mind. Let's listen to both sides of, uh, I don't want to say the arguments, but listen to both sides of the arguments, because there might be some good points or some things that you maybe missed or just glossed over. Or honestly, as long as we've been listening to some of this music, just really taken for granted. You know, I mean, it's it's been around for 40 years now. So obviously today... Um, we're doing the show because yesterday was the 41-year anniversary of Highway to Hell, and tomorrow is the 40th anniversary of Back in Black. So uh, it's a perfectly timed show. It's almost like I planned it. Uh, speaking of planned it, you know, uh, I kind of like to feature a little something, a little some something with the uh, guests that we have here in the studio. So um, I'm going to have Dan introduce our next clip for us. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, let me let me pass you the notes. It's you playing at cartoons with machine guns. Oh, boy. <laughs> this could be real bad. Oh, this is going to be great. So to keep in line with the uh, ACDC theme, um, and hopefully we don't get taken down immediately because it's going to sound just like the band. It's going to sound... No, no, no. <laughs> it's going to sound... It's potentially going to sound like... Um, uh, what's, his, what's his butt from... Uh, 
Oh, gosh. What, who's the Motley Crue singer? Vince Neil. It's going to sound a little like Vince Neil. It might. It might sound a little like Vince Neil trying to sing um, uh, uh, Dr. Feelgood in that. Right. Or kick, that. Kickstart My Heart, I think, is the one that went viral. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I sang a lot of potatoes. Sang a lot of potatoes when I was in Machine Gun. So, uh, but here's I, the deal, and here's it depends and, on what what where I was in the world when this. I have no. Sorry, Brian, I can't clip. do the hat. You're getting, you're getting ready to. No, but here's the deal, and here's something. Even in the moment, back in the day, I always appreciated your stage presence. I always right. appreciated the fact that from the the minute you hit the stage, you were you were like it was like midnight already. Like you were into the end of the show, into the vibes already, and you were just waiting for everybody else to join you. Versus what a lot of people do, go there and wait for the crowd to kind of give them a little something, and then they feed off that. Like you just balls out from the from the get go. I I guess I did. I, I just don't know how conscious of a decision that was. It was something that just like. Uh, when it happened, it was when I felt uh, whole, if that makes any sense. Yeah. There was a lot of things in my personal life that didn't feel very whole. And so when I got, and I mean, you know, W-H-O-L-E. Uh, when I got... Uh, <laughs> One must specify. <laughs> when I would take the stage a lot of times, even though it was a little crazy and it was a little off the rails, I felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. So anyway... Um, Sometimes that was a train wreck, and sometimes it was awesome, and you know, sometimes well, it was somewhere in between. That's, that's the fun balance, and that's, I think, in our talking in the past year of getting to know each other better, um, is riding that, that edge that, you know, it, it could really go to shit, or it could be so freaking amazing that everybody's talking about it the next day and the next weekend and telling their friends about, my God, guess what you just missed? Especially with ACDC. I sang a few ACDC songs uh, in that band, and... Those were usually the ones that I would kind of uh, lose my self control uh, yeah, yeah. the most. Yeah, yeah. So uh, can relate for me. Guns and Roses. Yeah, ACDC. Yeah. I think it's a real similar thing because I know a little bit about that with you and Guns and Roses. ACDC is the band that probably I relate to uh, the very most, and well, not even just in their music, just just in kind of their story. There's a there's mm -hmm. a big story behind them. There is. Angus has been playing since he was like 11, um, and so uh, and the way that he's played and the way that he's rehearsed and the way he's developed his songwriting is so similar to my yeah. philosophy. Yeah. Uh, this is why I think a rock band that has a keyboard player is not a rock band, but we can talk about that later. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what you're getting ready to play, but well, I'm, I'm sure it could, is potentially gonna, you know, make me look uh, awful. Do you see the pins and needles? Do you see the pins and needles? <laughs> I fucking love it. Fucking love it. Uh, no, I mean, it doesn't it's, matter. It's actually it's way. really great, and it, it really I, I picked this because it really encompasses exactly what I said. With from the minute you hit the stage, you are. You're already hours ahead of the of the crowd, and you're just waiting for them to hurry up and catch up to you. Right. And like that's magic in a bottle that people need to try to emulate. Um, you know, and I kind of want to before I actually play this, I want to talk just a little bit about. Um, you said like ACDC was a big part of of you and your you know your on stage vibes and and that antics and that kind of stuff. Um, for me, my first favorite band as a as a kid was acdc mm -hmm. it wasn't until i got older and everybody's like oh they do you know it's the same two four beats they they play in either a or e all the time and it's the same and i'm like yeah but it fucking works man like hit after hit after hit right um so like it'll always they'll always hold a special place to me um 
so yeah, I think it's really cool to see that translation uh, from from Brian Johnson and honestly Bon Scott um, kind of go through you, um, and and you were able to utilize that in Machine Gun Symphony and and probably in other bands too. Prior to that, I would assume you used a little bit of that in Johnny Q Public. I I I used a lot of the spirit of it. Okay. So like Johnny Q Public never sounded, you know, like ACDs or no. anything like that. But the the concept of when you put the foot on the stage, you either go all in or you don't go all in. The the all in factor <clears throat> is the ACDC factor that I like the most. Going all in. When, you know, when Angus would do the, the dying bug, they called it, he would do a dying bug maneuver where he'd lay on his back and do the dying bug. Yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Right, right. The way that he would go all in and the way that uh, he would sweat and play, and some of his technical guitar playing actually wouldn't be considered uh, the greatest guitar playing in the world, but to me, I think he's the greatest. Right. Because he had the all-in factor. That's right. So I, yeah, did, yeah. I have used that, Yeah. but I didn't always necessarily want to sound like ACDC. No, 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 not as a sound, as a visual, as, yeah. a, as an energy, as a, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what I mean. That You encompass that in Johnny Q Public and, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It didn't just start in, in Machine Gun Symphony. Uh, no, 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 no. Right. Um, so let's see here. Uh, Terry, this is for you. Keyboards don't suck. Um, <laughs> I'm having, like, such a major case of deja vu right now. It's like I've heard some of this shit before. Uh, let's see here. Great analysis of Dan, Jared, says Tara. Yes, that's uh, we, we've got a, uh, a couch over here. We're going to lay him down and just, you know, solve all of his problems and <laughs> conquer me. the world. Yeah. Fix me. Um, Kitar. Yeah, that's right, Chris Schneider. The old Kitar, still rocking it. Um, mine too, Jay. Don't fix it if it ain't broke. There you go. Okay, so let's uh, let's check out a little uh, Machine Gun Symphony action. I think this was from uh, March of 2014. This is back in the old cartoon days. Six years ago. So, yeah, man, it feels like a lifetime ago already, does it not? So, yeah, let's uh, check out some Machine Gun let's Symphony. Let's see what happens. Mark LeBronx, old lights up there, the old park hands. I was just going to say that. Something else I always liked about you guys, the big backups. Like, everybody jumped to the front when they needed to. Yeah. And I never sang it because I couldn't hit those notes. Gotcha. <laughs> So I did the mic point. Yep. <laughs> I kind of could. Well, you probably could, but you're risking the rest of the show. <laughs> Is that Josh on drums, Tara? I think so. Oh, hell. He's the best drummer in the world. How'd you find Josh? Uh, our producer produced a record for his band called The Katie's. And okay. we met him through that and then uh, got to be friends with him and talked him into doing this. He oh. would drive up from Nashville to okay. play Machine Gun I was going to say, shows. I thought I remembered some of you, some of your members. I think, was Orrin also driving up from Nashville Sometimes, at that time? Yeah. yeah. But Josh properly lived there. And so when he would play, there was no sense in driving all the way up here if he didn't go all in. Sure. Yep. He was crazy. 
See what I mean? Like, words don't even matter. Just Yep. I made that up. Party on, Garth. Oh, that wasn't too bad. No, hell no. <laughs> I hear throw you under the bus, my friend. I think that was the same hat that I have on right now. Well, I mean, probably. Probably. <laughs> it smells like success from over here. <laughs> yeah, you can probably smell it. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Success. It smells like success. <laughs> That's what we're going with. We're not Alpo. It doesn't smell like Alpo. I've got several machine gun story hats, which uh, there was about four or five uh, throughout all the time. And one of the worst ones was um, I was at my house one time, and I I ran to the gas station to uh, grab some, I don't know, cigarettes or some more beer or something like this. I don't know. And I didn't have a, a lid on my car. I think I had my T-tops out of my Jeep or something like this. So while I'm driving to the gas station, the wind blows my hat off. I was on, The gas station was only a block away, one block. So as I was driving down this road, my hat flies off and lands in the street. And I just thought to myself, well, I'm, I'm literally like just going to walk in, grab some smokes, get in my car, come back. I'll grab my hat. Right. It was three minutes. Walked in, got my smokes, turned around, got my car, my hat was gone. <laughs> wow. Somebody had somebody had gotten my hat out of the middle of the street within a matter of three to five minutes. Jeez. That's what you call fame, folks. I mean, oh, they were probably God. following you the whole way to the gas station. Yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. that guy from it MTV! Was, it was paparazzi. <laughs> <laughs> around these parts, it's probably more like methorazzi, but, you know. <laughs> Not here throwing anybody on the bus. Oh, these days, if you tell someone you were on MTV, they think you're in a reality show. Like, what's yeah, that? Right. Real Life 3? Do you Real know Life Snow 4? <laughs> it's not even cool anymore. It's no. Just, it's it's yeah. really just worn out. Yeah, for real. Uh, Josh Poole says, I think I opened that gig when I was at, uh, with Paralandra. Oh, that might be true. Could be. Because we did play, uh, we did have Paralandra play with us. Was that like right as Paralandra was getting kind of off? It was very much in the very, very beginning. Yeah. We probably didn't pay you anything. <laughs> Machine Gun was, we were total asses about that. Um, when we were doing stuff, because it was like, well, you can play with us. You can even do a decent size, you know, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, but we're just, we're not going to pay you. Right. It's like, well, can we get a hundred bucks? No. Um, because if, if you can prove that you brought any more than 10 people in here, which you can't. That wouldn't have been there before. Oh, we were total yeah. freaking jerks. But you guys it. saw the video yourselves and you saw the crowd. But were look where Paralandry is now and it's all because of us. See? So did they really need their hundred dollars? I don't really think so. Uh, That's a joke, people. Lighten up. Come on, let's have some fun. Let's, let's do have some Josh. fun, but I'm going to now wait for the segue that I was going to make. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um. <laughs> no, we Woo! probably we paid some people some money, but we usually were pretty hard on our openers. Um, you know, I was I was going to wait on that, but I do want to. I mean, <laughs> so it's not the smoothest transition. So what? Here's I'm going to mess up your your notes. No, there's no notes. Um, so. If, if you guys don't know, um, are, are you guys familiar with Dakota Watson and kind of what's going on with that? Uh, yes. Okay, so I just saw that on Facebook, and actually Josh Poole sent me a private message and was like, hey, um, if you get a chance, uh, throw this up at the uh, Audio Roast podcast today. And so um, for those of you listening right now, um, go over to the GoFundMe page. Um, yes, please. And search for, um, doggone it, Dakota Watson, sorry. Um 
And I think he's a second entry. Um, Dakota Wacky Watson or something like that is his his name on there. Um, I just want to read you real quickly the description of what's kind of going on uh, so that you guys have an idea and are able to kind of connect. If you guys have seen Perilander before, like within the last, I don't know, maybe year, year and a half, I think he's been with them, maybe longer, I don't know. Um, but on the GoFundMe page, it says, on Friday, July 24th of 2020, Dakota uh, went to a friend's apartment to help her uh, with a recent breakup, and X showed up, forced his way into the apartment, and shot Dakota in the head and the arm, like shot him in the face. Um, he's in the hospital, uh, surprisingly, with a good outlook, but he will have a long road to recovery. The recovery plan will include surgery to help reconstruct his uh, fractured occipital bone and sinus cavity, so he does, uh, so he doesn't begin to leak spinal fluid through his sinuses. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really scary. Um, he also has some damage damage to his frontal lobe, but uh, they were hoping that they're hoping that with physical therapy and the excellent medical care, uh, he's going to be um, able to recover quickly from that. So, um, yeah, because of the severity of his injuries, uh, he will require a great deal of unexpected medical treatment. Along with that, we already know, um, and with that outcome, um, and with that comes unexpected medical expenses. So, any help that you can provide um, would be very much appreciated. So, again, go to the GoFundMe page up in the upper left and the search uh, search for Dakota Watson and uh, donate what you can. Um, I I'm going to donate to you. I was trying to get stuff ready for the show. Um, I've never I've done lights for Paralandra a time or two. Um, never actually got to hang out with a band or, or talk with them or anything. Don't know them, but I, I I don't need to know them. You know, just be there for people when they need it the most. So, absolutely. Absolutely. I second that for sure. Paralandra, we, I make jokes, and even Josh is joking back with me because sure. we did have a good time because uh, they they have throughout time been uh, a really, they've been a really cool band. I've, I've, I've loved watching them develop, and they've been kind of my, uh, I, I hang a lot of hats on their hook, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I moan and cry and bitch about cover bands, um, and Paralandra, although they do covers, have also mixed a lot of originals in. So they, they are someone that I kind of, uh, love to respect. Yeah. And so this is a crazy, crazy story. So, um, anyway, yeah, please go. (laughs) Brian, good for you, man. Appreciate you contributing to that. Yes. So. Okay, I think we got, you know, the mullet's taken care of. The business in the front is taken care of. Now it's time for the party in the back. Party in the back? Party in the back. <laughs> Did you put Josh's comment up? He I, said you didn't pay us. <laughs> yeah, you didn't pay us. It was worth uh, the exposure. I think Oren locked his keys in, the, in his truck, and there was some contention over the ice bucket challenge. Oh, the ice bucket challenge. That was a terrible night. I almost got kicked out of the band that night, actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. How come? I, well, because I had... I had kind of signed the ban up for an ice bucket challenge. Remember when that was all going on? I do. That whole business. Yeah. It seems like it's already been a decade ago. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it hasn't. I mean, it's been, I think it was like in 2016 or something like that. Well, you just played the video. Oh, okay, 14. 20- yeah. Sorry, I, I lost my notes. Well, I, God well. damn it, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, we're looking ah! at six years, six, seven years, whatever it was when, anyway, it started kind of creeping into bands doing the challenge against each other. And so, um, I don't know. It got into this band was challenging that band, and that band was anyway. So, I had kind of not really signed us up. You didn't sign up for that shit, you know. You just but you did get challenged, and so then I went and told the guys that night that we're supposed to do the ice bucket challenge, and uh, they were not they were not into <laughs> it like at all. None of them. But and that was a perfect opportunity for you guys to really get your uh, your outfits clean. Well, <laughs> yeah, for me. 
<laughs> the the color of the yeah, never mind. Um so yeah, it didn't go over well. I almost got kicked out of the band that night. Wow. I didn't remember that that was the night we played with Paralandra though. I never I never did remember. You never did I remember. was no I, yeah, I was kind of a jerk. <laughs> you? Back I mean, then? I don't I thought, buy it. Not I for usually, a minute. I usually wouldn't show up until I had to literally go on stage. One time Machine Gun Symphony started the intro. We had this like recorded intro we would play. And one time they started the intro to the whole entire show and I I wasn't even on campus. <laughs> <laughs> but I made it. I still made well, it. Well, that's cuz it was forever long. That was a dog who, base. <laughs> I've always wanted Okay, so I've always wanted to know this. Who how did, tell me about that recording? Did you guys do that yourselves? Did you have somebody did Tyler Weeks come and voice that over for you or <laughs> No. <laughs> no, we did that all ourselves. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't. The guys, the geniuses that are the Thornton brothers, um, they had they had most to do with that kind of stuff. No, that's really cool. And I liked how you guys branded yourselves like with your own stage names and stuff. So I remember like Bosco Thunder, yeah, and, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. It was fun because we used to still play that intro. Because when Machine Gun started, a lot of people towards the end of it, uh, towards the end of my, uh, uh, you know, uh, involvement in it. Mm -hmm. um didn't realize that when we started there was like eight members maybe nine yeah it was it was oh, yeah, insane no, it was, like it, when uh, we first started it you had down to do roll call oh yeah <laughs> down in, in like 2006 we actually started down at the outland ballroom and played there a lot before we ever branched you, out yes and to, that's about when i started before we ever branched out to did you all, did you exclusively <laughs> only play at the ballroom there yeah. for a few years that's yeah. what i thought because I remember you playing there like once every month or two, and that, I would make the trip up to go and see you guys. Yeah, we weren't super interested in playing anywhere else. We didn't yeah. even know places like cartoons existed. When I when Machine Gun Symphony played at cartoons the first time, that was the first time I had ever been to cartoons. Gotcha, really? Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. You didn't go there to watch other bands or see other shows. Uh, we didn't that. really do yuppie clubs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Well, yeah, yeah. I thought rock clubs were rock clubs, and so there right. was only one more left, and so that's where we played. And then we kind of had to go do the, you know, share the stage with, you know, Big Smith, stuff like that. <laughs> Apparently, now, that was a joke. I just had to come up with something old school. <laughs> the Lefty Brothers. We had to go play some gigs, you know, alongside the Lefty Brothers. Right. No, I'm just joking. I'm just having a good yeah, time. Yeah, Josh says some of the wardrobe needed some water. Oh, the, the <laughs> wardrobe. You wouldn't believe. I, I wish. I don't even think there's anything available on Facebook unless you're going to pull a rabbit out of the hat later. But some of the old school outfits, and we didn't know what we were doing. Um, but anyway, there was like nine members of Machine Gun when it first started. Yeah, So legit. back to that intro, the intro still had like three or four, you know, yeah. they weren't in the band at all. <laughs> like the intro names off like well, and I, I seven people and there was only five. I members. heard that they kept using it even like shortly after Jay Stevens joined the band and they just kept replaying it. It was like Bosco Thunder. <laughs> Jay Stevens! <laughs> just, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding! God, can't you take a joke? I'm just, you know, doing my Dan impersonation. That's right. I'm joking! You gotta, you gotta go off mic for it. I'm joking! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, man. You know, man. Just get off the mic a little bit, man. It's, you know, come on, man. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> That's what I've really been taking notes on is impersonations. <laughs> <coughs> I actually I really actually did. People talk about it like a rumor or like a oh the legend or not legend. We weren't legends or anything, but you know, the uh the fairy the, the tale. Yeah. The tall tale. Well, right. I don't know, whatever. 
about stuffing my spandex i actually did do that at the outland ballroom i used to wear actually spandex like actually and they were like not cool black rock and roll they were like bright and like had bright colors in them and i would take a pair of socks and fold them all together and then i would stuff it down it, it i did it like there was still comedy involved because it was so obvious well, like it looked like I had elephantitis of the nuts more than it looked like I had a large penis. My left nut got stung by a bee. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but that was the funny of it. Right. It just looked more like well, a grapefruit when so I like, got as, to the, as on the an, stage. As somebody just, you know, that would come and watch your shows and stuff, I never picked up on that. But, and like I said, getting to know you and like how you're like, the whole thing, the whole premise of the whole band was that it was like tongue in cheek. It was, a, it was almost a joke as far oh, as man. like, you know, this isn't what we wanted to do with your career or your lives musically or anything like that. It's just something that happened and it got big and you kept going and having fun and, and that. So yeah. I, I totally get the, the, um, sock in your pants kind of thing well you have no idea the the whole thing was meant to be a one-time prank that's all it was we we used to just jam those songs at home on acoustic guitars after song pulls we used to do these things called song pulls which was like a songwriting group uh that i had started at my house and uh after the after the night was over and we had all played our original stuff we would all sit in a circle about six acoustic guitars and and just play these songs, Bon right. Jovi, um, Guns N' Roses, uh, Motley Crue, just being total, like, idiots. Like, it, we were we were purposely... Like, we, over-exaggerating we, the way they sing. Yes, and yeah, 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 yeah. Shirts were coming off. Right. I mean, it was like, you know, you're doing Shot Through the Heart in my living room, and, like, five guys have their shirts off, and we're singing, like, our guts out. Like, this is the greatest... Yep song in the whole world and, and of course we're all kind of you know having some libations and whatnot and uh it, it, we, we were even doing it in my living room basically to make fun of it i mean like these songs are like so gratuitous right so like yeah you can't you top. can't take them serious yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean yeah you know and you're too blame like it, it and we're just laughing and we can't hardly sing because we're laughing <laughs> right and over a couple weeks time we started thinking like, hey, um, what if what if we actually did this? Like, because none of us were even thinking of starting a cover band. That was something that we were all just like, you can listen to Oren's interview on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. And he says straight away, like, the thought of starting a cover band was just the most, like, gross thing to all of us ever. <laughs> it really was. And I'm right. not saying that against yeah, people you know. who do cover bands. Well, you guys are just, I mean, a lot of you <laughs> had been in Johnny Q Public and, and had written your own music and kind of, yeah. you know, really got your start on that. And Johnny Q Public and Fern. Right, and yeah, yeah. Flick. Flick, and yes. And a lot of bands that were kind of doing some stuff in the mid-90s. This is who it all was. Yep. And so we, we didn't even think about, like, actually getting on stage and playing Bon Jovi. That just sounds ridiculous. Sure. Right? Yeah. And so then we just thought, well, let's just do it for fun because we've tried so hard with our original stuff. I mean, I, John Key Public drove all the way to Atlanta, Georgia one time and played for nobody. I, I'm, I mean, the bartender. Wow. I, that's, that's a hell some of a people tell that story. Some people tell a story like that, and it's like, oh, well, I'm sure there was some people that – no, no, no. no. Yeah, no, uh-uh. It was the bartender. <laughs> Zero, yeah. It was the bartender yep. in Atlanta, Georgia, at a place called Joe's Place. Wow. Anyway, so we're like, well, 
let's just do it. Like, it'll just be funny. And that's where the socks came in and the stuff in the spandex gotcha. and the right. wigs from Party City. And the makeup was like, looked like a well, little toy soldier from Christmas time. Big red cheeks. Yep. And, I mean, and, at that point, you have to have fun with it. You can't. Yeah. And like, reason, you already weren't taking it very serious, but you really had to, like, go full on tongue in cheek, like. You know, yes. it is what it is. Yes. Yeah. That's why we started it that way, because we didn't take any of that kind of stuff serious. Right. So the reason why we played at the Outland Ballroom is because of John Q Public and Flick and Fern and all these guys that we all used to play there. So we Right. So you had that relationship established with the yeah, venue. Yeah, we stuff. knew the yeah, guys yeah. and they were all just like, I miss your bands and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And we're like, well, we have another band. This is what's, what's funny is we never told him what we were doing. We have another band. It's like an all-star band. He's like, oh. No shit, like this would be great. Like, yeah, there's members from Johnny Q Public, there's members from Flick, and there's members from Fern. And the dude's like, dude, like, <laughs> really? Right. Like, yeah. It's like, take any date you want. And we're right. like, all right, cool, let's take this date. I think it was a New Year's Eve show, actually. It's like, all right, man, let's do it. Or, yeah, I can't remember. No, I think it was not New Year's Eve, but we played New Year's Eve. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So we never told him anything. We never let him in on any of it. Gotcha. So wow. we go down there and, and we're setting up and we're sound checking and then we end up in this in that little green room that used to have all the graffiti all over. Mm -hmm. it. Yep. And then we start changing. And you know, there's girlfriends and wives there helping us put makeup on because none of us know how to do that. <laughs> uh, there's wigs, there's socks being stuffed in spandex, right. and the guy who booked the show walks in in the middle of this. Uh, and he's like, What the hell are you guys doing right like getting ready for the show man he's like no, no, no. what show like i had you did not tell me you were doing this and we're like it'll be funny it'll be funny we're we literally are it, it just what the, was the advertising like for that like i know your posters always like were the big like two foot long posters and it was like the same picture of you guys and it just like you just changed the date after after this had, like this, did you have promo shots or anything so there was no no nothing no 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 no, it just, the word on the street was that gotcha. this band was made up of Johnny Q Public. This is in 2006. Right. So Johnny Q Public had only broke up a few years before this and Flick the same way. Flick was even maybe together a little bit longer and recorded another record called Iron Bottom Sound. So they, we, we all still kind of had stuff sort of going or they had just recently right. ended. So it was just more of a word on the street that these are members from these bands and they've started this like super group called Machine Gun Symphony. And so everybody's like, holy crap. So the very first show we ever had, there was probably about 100 people there. Right. And so that was enough for us because we we had decided before we did it, it's just going to be a prank. Oh, this right, is a prank. A one-off. It's a one-off prank to the guy booking shows at Outland at the time <laughs> because he was kind of a friend of ours and we just wanted to give him shit. So he booked it and we wanted to make him look really dumb uh, for booking us without asking and without checking. And so like seven or eight of us take the stage in these outfits and we start playing this music. <laughs> And so he's dying, like scared to death. Like, right. And it went over amazingly well. Yeah. No, it's uh, really cool. We didn't even see it going over that well. We we wanted to bomb, like, because we thought that would actually be funny. Like, it'd be right. hilarious if we actually get, like, tomatoes thrown at us. This, <laughs> because we love doing jokester shit like that. Like, right. one time at a party at Oren's house, he ran to the gas station to grab some more beer, and we got a chainsaw out of his garage and cut one of his tree limbs <laughs> off that was, like, 16 inches around. <laughs> That's just the kind of weird shit. Just for shit. shits and giggles, yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of weird shit we would do to pull pranks on each other. And so 
this was literally a prank. That's amazing. So then a few weeks later, he calls us back and he's like, um, this is kind of weird because that first show upset me a little bit, but uh, would you mind, would you guys mind doing it again? Right. Now that they know what they're in for and yeah. Yeah. And we're like, nope, no way. It was just a one way, one, one time deal. We ain't never doing that again. He's like, come on, man. Like, really? Like, it was really good. Like, <laughs> it wasn't really good. It was a joke. Right. Click. Then he calls back again a couple days later. Dude, I'm actually serious. Like, would you guys pre- please, please play? We're like, no, no, no. We don't really want to do that. So anyway, this goes back and forth. Three or four calls. This is just for the second show. And so finally, I talked to the guy. I was like, all right, we wanna, we'll do it again. But we want the door, and it's $10 to get in. He's like, no way in hell. Right, because a lot of people were not charging that back then. Well, he, and he's told us. He's like, I've never, ever had a local band charge that much to get in right there's no way it'll work no way i was like okay we didn't want to do it anyway right well and to keep perspective how long of a time frame between the first show and this a year okay it was a year before we played again wow so i say well we didn't want to do it anyway we already told you we didn't want to do it anyway so it's ten dollars to get in and we keep the door and he's like i have never done this for a local band before but okay let's do it i was like okay Fine. Let's see how it goes. Right. They sold out before we took the stage, and there was a line of 85 people yep. turned away at the door. Yep. I used to wait in line to go and watch you guys. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, the, I remember those days, for sure. Because the word had gotten out. I'm not, like, bragging about it. I'm just saying we were shocked, too. We were just like, what? Right. He's like, we're already sold out, and there's 75 more people out on the sidewalk. And I was like, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the capacity is not huge down there, but right. I think they let like 300 in, which was over fire, and we made like three grand that yeah. f- the second show we ever yeah. played. Yep. And then we ended up having like this awesome relationship with Outland. I mean, we would. Well, sure. And then you guys were making each other money and, we and supporting them. each other. Yeah, we were helping them, and they were helping us, yep. and that's why we played there for so long before ever branching out. So that's awesome. Anyway, funny story. Yep, I dig Machine it. Gun started as a joke. I dig it. It still is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at the lineup. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of like seeing that they're doing all right. It's good. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so um, I think the time has come, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's uh, go ahead and kick off the classic album clash number two. Maybe. Here is how it works. First, we will compare album artwork and overall initial thoughts of the album. I like that. Uh, then each song will be discussed at length by each participant here in the studio. That's um, all of both of us. And overall vo- audience votes will be taken into account on this. So as opposed to the um, Tournament of Champions where it's just kind of us in the studio talking amongst ourselves um, in front of you guys and ex- explaining our, our stances, your guys' votes will count for each of these songs. So um, you guys are just as much a part of the show today as ever. Great. So um, all votes will be total. Um, and the most votes will win the track. The album with the most tracks won will be deemed as the better of the two albums. And that's how we do Classic Album Clash. So without any further ado, uh, Dan, what are your initial overall thoughts of uh, Highway to Hell? Oh, man. Or even both, and I- as a comparison. like, do you, Are you going into this kind of leaning one way more than the other? 
Um, I am a little bit, but I don't, I don't need to. I don't need to get into that right now. Okay. I want to just. I want to kind of go into the whole entire thing. The the highway, the hell record, obviously a great record. Obviously, not knowing uh, when it was released that it was the end of an era, right? Uh, which makes it uh, uh, e- even more interesting. I don't want to get into the artwork because that sounds like something we're going to actually talk about. But initial thoughts is just that it's. Um, it it obviously and and deservingly is a classic ACDC record. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, for me, um, this this whole day is going to be very. I'm going to be very torn one way or the other on certain things because uh, just like what exactly what Dan had touched on is um, Highway Hell was a great album, and then when Bon Scott died, you realized, oh shit, like exactly that it's the end of an era um mm-hmm. so it became must own um but uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about some of the numbers and that kind of stuff going on but um first of all let's talk about some of this artwork there we go so there is the high actually that's the original highway to hell album out um artwork that was uh released only in australia before it was banned um, and I actually looked online before today's show. That is going. Uh, the first price that I saw pop up was nine hundred and ninety-five dollars for that original uh, nineteen seventy-nine Highway to Hell album with the original album artwork. The actual LP. Yeah, nine hundred and ninety-five bucks. Nice. Um, so yeah, the uh, re-release of this with the, the more updated, familiar. Yeah, is um, <laughs> was released in Australia, and that's currently the Australian version is currently going for like three hundred and seventy-five bucks. So it's it's nuts. So that's the old, and then this is the uh, back in black album artwork, as we all famously know. So we're going to actually compare the what we're all familiar with as the Highway to Hell album artwork. And I'm not sure, I don't really know a lot about this, but just in looking at it, it looks like a, a regular band picture that, and of course, you got to remember this is in the late 70s, so it's not like they had Photoshop and they can do this. But if you look at Angus's hand and he's holding the tail, I think that this is, that part of the f- picture has all been animated and superimposed in there. Um, obviously he's not just holding some tail he's got imagine. attached, but, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it looks cool. You got to keep in mind too, that, um, back in the day, people didn't, didn't, uh, buy albums because they knew it. They, they would thumb through at the store and go, Oh, that looks cool. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to try it, yeah. you know? And so that really gives that vibe off to me. Um, whereas on the contrasting side, back in black, there's nothing. I mean, it's just black with white text. And I think maybe that was a nod to a couple things. Um, the morning, um, of, of, the band losing a band member and a brother. Um, and also kind of a little, honestly, some theatrics to that. Like they're, you don't, they're not as brazen with, okay, here's who's in the band now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to, they want you to hear it and accept it that way. And I think that's really important too. Um, next month we'll be talking about uh, Van Halen. And I think the same kind of thing, like they didn't just put Sammy Hagar on the album because they didn't want, if you didn't know, uh, it, it, again, it's not like you had the internet and you know, like you know, the minutes it's announced and before the artwork's even done, who's in the band. So I think it was a way to kind of draw people in with just that mystery, and there's no nothing to go along with it. So yeah, what uh, what are your takes on the artwork? Well, first of all, I'm glad that you are making this a part of the comparison because I was actually thinking about that all week. Like God, I hope he says something about the artwork because. Before we even get into the music, I think that the Highway to Hell album cover is one of the greatest album covers that's ever existed. Yeah. Like, it just, everyone knows that. I love that it's fucking, sorry, I'll, I'll try to keep my F-bombs. No, you, you can here, fucking but, cuss all you want. But, okay. 
I love that Angus is up front. Um, for anybody who knows the ACDC story, it's been Angus from the beginning. Yes. And the lead singer is just the goofy guy over here smiling on the right-hand side. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to start getting a little butt hurt about me calling Bon Scott goofy, but I'm telling you what he is. He is we'll, a goofy bastard. And we'll get into it later. We will. But I love that that's actually Angus, which is obviously the focal point. And I mean, just the band photo, it's just one of the great, I hope that that photo is original and untouched and uncropped and edited because if that right there is a real snapshot, which like you say, from the very late seventies, it probably is one photo. I'm yeah. sure that when you look at the textures of the, of their faces and stuff, the only one that looks a little bit different is Angus. Now, obviously he's in the front, so maybe the lighting is more harsh, but you can definitely hundred percent tell his hand and his, his tail yeah. are, 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 and probably you know, the drawn. horns, probably the horns. Too. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It really does encapsulate, um, like the, the, the spirit and the personality of each of these people. Like you've literally Especially, like you've literally got their the brothers backing each other. I mean they're yeah. literally standing behind one another in a in a row. Um and it just shows that support. But like you're saying too, in in that time frame in the late seventies and eighties, like it was all about the lead singer. It was not about, you know, a guitar player oh, being a star. It was you correct. know, you almost suffocated that with yeah. with the overpowering personality On of a purpose, front man. And Bon Scott was fine with it. I mean, I, right. I, I kinda know that from stuff I've read about him. Yeah. He, he he wasn't the guy that gave a gave a shit that Angus was out front like this. But I mean Malcolm. I mean Malcolm is the is what makes this photo to me. Yes. Like the horns are probably superimposed however they had to do it back then and, right. the, and the hand and the tail. Right. But Malcolm is just like can we stop taking pictures and go play some music? Yep. Dear Lord. 100%. That is all that dude is. Look at him. He's just he's, like, oh He's my like God. the Izzy Stradlin from Guns N' Roses of ACDC. <laughs> oh like, God. Hey, God damn, do I, do I really have to fucking be here? Can I, I just it. go get my guitar? <laughs> like, it. yeah, 100%. And that's such his personality. Yes. <laughs> yep. And Bon Scott's personality is, we can get into this later, but it is purpose, per purposefully, perfectly. Oh, okay. Captured in this picture, too. Just like, are we taking a picture? Right. Anyway. <laughs> It's like he barely got in shot in time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because right. he probably had to step out and get a token real quick. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I still think that this record cover, I've always thought this, um, is one of the strongest record covers like ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, especially, for sure. especially involving a band photo. You could have like a whole different uh, conversation about band photo, great record covers, and non-band photo, great record covers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's you know? actually a really good idea to to do for a show down the line. But anyway, this one's great. Yeah, um, let's see some of these comments here. Because um, I, I kind of been putting some of this on the back burner. Um, Brian says he's going into this uh, as a back and black uh, supporter. Right. Um, Kim Garmory, uh, Bond Scott baby. Of course, she uh, her husband is from Scotland, so she's uh, all in on that. Going to be somewhat partial. Yeah, you know. Yes. Um, you couldn't just Google band members either. I think it's cooler to actually see the band on the album. Yeah, for sure. Yes. But like I said, too, I think it served a purpose for this debut album with a band so big so quickly. Um, and, and we'll talk about that because I say that with hesitation. That wasn't an overnight sensation, but in certain ways it absolutely was. Um, so, yeah. Um, Back in Black for Terry, uh, simply because it was harder to sing than Highway to Hell tunes. Very good point. There's a lot more higher notes, and I've even taking notes on the actual notes being sung and stuff. So Yes, and going so, back yeah. to uh, the ACDC cover, it absolutely is documented that this black cover was a uh, 
tribute and an honor uh, right. to Bon Scott's death. And I think that for some people, um, you know, watching if if you've never if you've never recorded a full record in a band, the fact that these records released one year apart from each other with a new lead singer is is absolutely staggering yes there is i think it is a point that is going to be coming up maybe a couple of times tonight because uh not just in the not just in the days and weeks it takes to record a record but in the emotional transition from losing your singer well, and getting even, another singer and still getting another record out 12 months later 100%. is unbelievable. And it's going to play a role in what my thoughts are about these 100%. Records. And, you know, to go off of that, like, not even just for somebody losing their band. Back then, it wasn't necessarily that a band put out an album every year with the same people. Right, I mean, it right, may right. be two years. Right. So to reformulate your band and a totally new vibe and a totally new writing style, et cetera, et cetera, within a year, like, literally within... 364 days right it's it's amazing it's, it's a hell of a feat and the time it takes to release a record and do the artwork and get it out there with all those considered you're looking at a four to six month deal right there so they would have had to record this record whoo like yeah. they would have had to get in there and get it and and you'd be surprised brian johnson did on this back in black record considering how short of a time he had one week to feel blended to this band oh. and to feel like he part of the family. Part of the family enough to sing the way he sings on this back and black record is like stuff that the common man just has no idea. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very true. It's a good point. But so good point. Um, I want to read a couple uh, well, I say a couple. This is not necessarily a couple, but uh, read some facts here about these albums. Um, so Highway to Hell um, is the sixth studio album by Australian hard rock band ACDC, released on July 27th of 1979. It was the band's sixth studio album, um, and it was also the last album featuring lead singer Bon Scott, who died early the following year on February 19th of 1980. And we'll talk more about that um, in depth, more in depth here in just a minute. Um, but by 1978, ACDC had released five albums internationally and had toured Australia and Europe extensively. But in 1977, they landed in America and with virtually no radio support. So think about that. That's the same as like same conversation as an Iron Maiden or somebody like where the underground type people know of them and are like massively fans. Um, the same as what Dan was saying about um, Machine Gun Symphony in, in certain ways. Like they knew of previous projects and stuff enough that the first show had a good following, but the second show was like, you yeah, know, an explosion yeah. of people. So, um, so yeah, they once they uh, reached America, you know, they they didn't have a lot of support, not only from radio, but they, you know, even in getting uh, record deals and and um, um, getting their record company to associate with other outlets and stuff in, in the United States. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, kind of a, a big hurdle for them to, to well, jump an, over. Another big problem they had was in 77 in the United States, like the biggest songs were like ABBA yes. and like Disco. yes, and like all kinds of stuff. Uh, the uh, uh, ACDC as a whole consider the Eagles, the dreaded Eagles. They right. hated the Eagles. Yes. Hotel California was a song that they all just hated. Yeah. Like, oh, the dreaded Eagles playing Hotel California that boring slow right. yes song. to them it didn't rock it didn't it didn't belong they hated it and so that was another hurdle they kind of hit america with is we were not really rocking in 77 right i mean as a whole as far as the charts were concerned right right um and so they kind of had an even double hard time to kind of like you know 
aren't we still rocking like the who and the stones and right over here we were like it, right no because no, they dude, were we want abba yeah yeah yep we wanted to chill <laughs> we wanted to netflix and chill before netflix <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that was another challenge they had well to. so and there's another big thing that we need to talk about too in this time like you were saying like it was once bond died it was the end of an era and stuff but there's another thing right before this album gets written that is also the end of an era do you know what i'm talking about on that uh think think producing it's in the production well yeah the uh mutt lang did both these records well so was actually and was this the first time he had worked with yes yeah, so and and like i said uh highway to hell is their sixth album so they've had five albums that were successful outside of america so right. think australia and europe etc etc not in america um and their their producer was actually their younger brother george um older uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, yeah. Older brother, George Young. Um, and um, so in order for them to make that segue from overseas and Australia and Europe to um, America and and for their record company to get behind them, they're like, we've got it. We got to step up with production. We got to do something different. Now, to hear that, it's like you get that. But you really have to understand, like you've heard a lot about the fifth Beatle and all that. They legit considered their brother to be the sixth member of the band and they were like not just a slightly offended they were fucking offended that you know what are you talking about we've made it all the way up to here enough for you guys to be interested in us and now you want to change it like that yeah. doesn't make sense so actually who they brought in first was um eddie kramer um who had worked with uh led zeppelin Jimi hendrix and kiss that kind of thing um but it was um for, to keep this in perspective the band and their management um, have kind of slightly different uh, viewpoints because the manager's trying to make all parties happy and the band's like, this is all bullshit. Like, keep it the way it was. And uh, so Eddie comes in as their new producer and he actually wanted him to do, uh, them to do a cover song. Um, I can't remember. I had notes, but I don't know where I'm at in the notes. But it doesn't matter. Um, some cover song of some, like you're saying, like an ABBA or a, you know, that kind of thing. And they're like, what the fuck? No. <laughs> not just no but fuck no so they go to their manager and and they say this you know this is bullshit like they're trying to get us to totally change our sound with you know doing some of this stuff and uh so long story short the band manager fires eddie kramer and he's like i know a guy and and the band's you know rolling their eyes at this point like god this is ridiculous just bring br let's bring george back like let's not go through all this we need to get our next album out and they bring in mutt lang um, you know, uh, who's infamous at that point for working with Def Leppard. And uh, I mean, I mean, it's a huge laundry list. I, I'm going to leave out so many people. But um, and Mutt was extremely experienced and extremely smart in how to handle the situation, not just the album. And the boys in the band were afraid that he's going to because the story goes that they sit down and um, the guitar players in the band um, are getting ready to start playing. And Mutt just says, I'm going to tell you how to play. Angus is famously says, oh, you fucking are, are you? Like, literally, that's what he says. Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, yeah, yeah. But, you know, so he, he plays, and it's not instantly, it's it's not what he thought it was going to be at all. It's not like, okay, no, you're doing that wrong. You need to do this. He would just go, hold that. Play that here. That kind of thing. And the band's like, uh, okay. So then Bon Scott goes, or uh, yeah, Bon Scott goes to do his vocals and stuff, and he's like, you could do that easier. Breathe, do this to breathe better. That kind of stuff. He literally taught um, Anga, um, Bon Scott how to breathe better and support um, that kind of thing. And like instantly, Bon Scott realizes, oh, he's right. That is better. The whole band has this epiphany that no, maybe you're right. This is the guy. And throughout the band, there's there's storied history of each member like upping their game through Mutt Lang. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and the and the work shows in this in this album because there's so many like heavy hitting songs and like um um who was it Terry had said like there's a lot of high notes and stuff in Back in Black but a, a lot of the older ACDC stuff didn't have some of the high notes that Highway to Hell even had and that's a lot to do with they didn't know how to get there healthily uh, with their voices and stuff and and the structures of the songs and that kind of stuff it just seemed more more better produced so so yeah um before we uh, totally get into this I did find a neat little clip that will give us a little bit of backstory um, to the Highway to Hell album. Although it's known that the famous title track chronicles the perils of a grueling tour schedule, Highway to Hell is also the nickname for the Canning Highway in Australia. It runs from where lead singer Bon Scott lived in Fremantle and ends up at a pub called The Raffles, the local rock and roll drinking spot in the 1970s. Despite the album being their sixth studio release, the title track was the first ACDC song to chart in the U.S. It helped drive huge sales for the Highway to Hell album, which has sold over 7 million copies in America. The album also marks their last with vocalist Bon Scott, who died in 1980 from excessive drinking. We're an album band. We're a road album band. You know, singles don't mean a pinch to anybody. Highway to Hell might have been the album that charted ACDC in America, but months before the band entered the studio, they toured the U.S. and captivated many peers like Eddie Van Halen and Thin Lizzy guitarist Gary Moore, saying, In Cleveland, they blew us off the stage. Fucking killed us. Their performance with Aerosmith at the Los Angeles Forum would also captivate 15-year-old James Hetfield, who was blown away by ACDC's performance three years before he formed Metallica. This was the first ACDC album not produced by Angus and Malcolm's older brother, George Young, and the band had a tough time with the process. The band had explained in interviews that they were under immense pressure from Atlantic Records to make a hit album, and were forced to work with an outside producer. The band was initially paired with Eddie Kramer, best known for his work with Zeppelin and Hendrix. The two would not get along, however. Within a few days of working together, Kramer suggested the band record a cover of the 1960s hit, Give Me Some Lovin'. Malcolm Young promptly called their manager to fire Kramer and put an end to the recording session. ACDC manager at the time, Michael Browning, quickly presented his New York City flatmate and up-and-coming producer Robert Mutt Lang to take over the recording sessions. Atlantic Records would eventually agree, and the pair would go on to change the fate of ACDC's career forever, with three of the most iconic albums of all time. The recording process was longer than anything ACDC had experienced at the time spending nearly three months with Lang working and reworking songs. In interviews, Angus Young has stated he was meticulous about sound, getting right guitars and drums. He would zero in, and he was good too on the vocal side. Even Bon was impressed with how he can get his voice to sound. According to many recounts of the experience, including recording engineers, Lang was responsible for the band's overall growth as musicians, further training Bon Scott how to breathe while singing, and adding in backing vocals, as well as helping Angus with guitar solos all making him a significant factor in delivering one of the most iconic records in rock history. Despite the tremendous efforts by manager Michael Browning in working the band to be a worldwide act, ACDC let him go during the album cycle to be replaced by Peter Mensch. When asked recently if he harbors any resentment towards the band, Michael Browning stated, Not at all. It was a very stressful gig in the end. I mean, they were very demanding, and I think I was smoking about two packs of cigarettes a day. And every time the phone would ring, I'd light up. And I quite believe I wouldn't be here today if it hadn't turned out that way. The question is, did the band ACDC drive him onto a personal highway to hell? The final track on the album Night Prowler became the center of controversy years later, when serial killer Richard Ramirez, known as the Night Stalker, was known to be a big fan of the band. 
Police reported Ramirez was known to wear the band's t-shirt and once left an ACDC hat at one of the crime scenes. The very loose connection led to a newspaper article that read, ACDC Music Made Me Kill 16. The band was clearly sickened and confused by the association. At the very end of the album, the last thing you hear is vocalist Bon Scott saying, which many at the time would recognize as a reference to Robin Williams' character in the TV show Mork and Mindy. Nanu, nanu. On February 19, 1980, just days after the band began writing sessions for their follow-up album, vocalist Bon Scott was found lifeless in the back of his friend's car after a night of drinking at Music Machine in London. Although the exact events that led to his death continues to be a heavily debated mystery over 40 years later, the official cause was listed as acute alcohol poisoning and classified as death by misadventure. The band considered breaking up after the passing of vocalist Bon Scott, but it was Scott's family who convinced the remaining members to carry on. On. To this day, Bon Scott continues to be a rock icon and lives through the torch that ACDC continues to carry worldwide as they turn out their legendary anthems and continue on their highway to hell. The only band that was selling records on, on the sheer fact of live performances. The only band that was playing rock and roll. The last single was sitting in the top 20 for like six weeks. Not one bit of airplane. It's just too up for English radio. And, yeah. The rock press in America is currently calling the spate of Australian bands here as the Aussie invasion. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I believe the only ones invading anyway. They're like Martians, yeah. really. <laughs> so many ideas for songs and so many you know, good riffs. Are, and the more we work, the more we tour, we're getting more ideas and we're getting more, you know. Oh, just as, it's going to get better and better. I can't see an end to it, you know. Yeah. It's like infinity rock and roll, you know. Man. That's heavy. Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of a little backstory to what brought us to Highway to Hell. Um, I'll do the same quickly with um, Back in Black. Actually, I'm, I won't even get into all the, um, the notes and stuff because I'm going to show a clip of an interview and it kind of touches on some of that stuff. So uh, here's that interview. Looking back, are you still amazed at the success of the Back in Black album? You know, I guess at the time you don't know, you know. So uh, it was a, a kind of go go for go for go for broke, I suppose. because we really didn't know, uh, you know, as w would uh, you know the people who knew ACDC today accept this? You know, well, they love did they accept they Brian? Uh, they accept you know? So a lot of pressure on him, a lot of you know. Same with the man, but I think everyone wanted to make it all happen. Yeah, yeah. wanting it to be to be good. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a uh, there was a force of nature, nature. that thing. Yes. It really was. Yes. How well do you remember recording back in black? I remember things with clarity, and other yes. things were just a blur. Yes. You know, just blurs. You know, going into the studio at night and or during the day, and you know, Mud getting me in and saying, "Come on," because he'd have the guys work late at night, and he'd get me in about twelve to do some vocals and stuff. Yes. And uh, and that bit, I just don't remember. Yes. You know, actually physically standing there and singing them, I just yes. cannot remember it because it was one after the other, the day after day. Yeah. And the boys would come in and work their socks off. Yeah. So that, and um, 
and and it, I remember I flew home and I hadn't even heard one of the tracks yet because it was on a bit of a budget and I had to get back away. Yeah. And the boys, and it was the oldest, you know, you couldn't just, you know, they really did have to do some splicing and right. pro proper studio work, you know. Yeah. And it was about two weeks later and I got the first vinyl, come on, maybe it's longer. Yes. And I remember putting the first song on it and just going, wow. I couldn't believe, uh, couldn't believe it was that good, but yes. nobody thought it would going to do what it did. Yeah. Brian, do you remember your first live show with ACDC? Uh, that was that was Namur, I remember that specifically because it was a big moment in my life. And that was in Namur, a place in Belgium, a little a little town in Belgium. And uh, it was just supposed to be a warm-up, wasn't it? You know, yeah, like a little warm-up, we just want a little place and, uh, yeah. to see how, how, how we would go. And... Uh, Invited, it just kept getting moved, moved through the day. They kept moving it because more people were showing up, more people were showing up until the end. We were in this huge hangar, you know. What's your strongest memory from that show? Well, no, well, it was just in this little dressing room. By dressing room, I'm, I used the term loosely. Yes. <laughs> And a pr promoter guy just kept running back and saying, we can't start, can't start. There's more people coming in than coming. It was a bit like that, uh, that, that movie, Build It and They Will Come. It was just as <laughs> like the people coming. We finally got started, though, yeah. and uh, it was magic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh! All right, so there's our official scoreboard as we get ready to get started in the dissection of the two albums, Highway to Hell and Back in Black. So, yeah. Let's see what's up first. Highway to Hell versus Hell's Bells. We're not starting off easy, that's for sure. So, uh, Dan, do you have a... Um a preference or a weigh-in on on either or both of these songs? Okay, before I answer, are we are, are we going to go track by track, meaning yes. track one to one, two to two, three to three, That's four exactly. to four? Yep, yep. Okay. Which is going to be interesting because here's the thing too, and a lot of people maybe don't put so much thought into this anymore because of the way that we listen to albums. Um, because anymore we have it right at our fingertips, right on our phones or whatever. And we're able to like skip this song, skip that song. But you got to think back in the 70s and early 80s when you had records and you had uh, cassettes and that kind of stuff. Like it wasn't, you didn't do all that skipping. Albums were made to hit play and be left alone and that kind of thing. So it was just like building a show, like the set list, the order, that oh, kind of yeah. stuff was very much so taken into account. Yeah. So because of that, because that was a decision um, obviously made by them, um, I want to I want to compare their their okay. decision making skills. Um, and obviously the influence changed between the producers that are doing it um, and the, uh, the the front man singing it, you know, yeah. who all had different 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 opinions. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. So, yeah. Um, I think they both, I think both these songs have some uh, hooky choruses. I'm a, I'm a chorus whore. There's no doubt about that. So both of these are uh, pretty good there, but if I was just to try to uh, get right to the point, I uh, Highway to Hell, I think um, I think has got a stronger. I, I like this dark thing that the Hell's Bells thing has, and 
I was surprised that this was the opening track to this record, especially with their new lead singer and everything, because it just it was a slower start. Right, I think right. it was a bit of a slower. It was start. very methodical. Yeah. I think both songs are actually really strong, but not just because of the popularity. I think Highway to Hell just just has a more slam dunk. Uh, you know, you can remember it. You can sing along to it. It's, it's got a huge chorus. Yeah, yeah. it's got a huge. It's chorus. got that perfect I mean, buildup of dynamics too. Although um, Hell's Bells does too. It does. It's still, just a different. It's a different it's, vibe. Yeah, I think you got to be more kind of entered acdc to really appreciate hell's bells more than highway to hell that's fair that's fair um, but they're both great so. they are they are but i'm going with highway to hell i i just uh okay so highway to hell is what dan's going with on that um again keep in mind your guys's votes count so right now as you're watching along let us know also are you highway to hell or hell's bells on this um also while i was looking at my notes i realized that uh we need to you know since we're talking all this hell business we need oh, to boy, we need yeah. to do us a little hell shot so uh i'm down with that oh yeah there you go and uh for our judges in the hallway and for those of you watching with us at home go we get salute your shots you. let's do a shot yeah we salute you we salute you That song's not even on either of these no. records. No, it's not. But you know what is? But you guys just had a drink on in. me. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> it's like I've prepared. Okay. <laughs> um, before I get on my two cents, um, I want to I wanna catch hey, up. Hey, all I do is scream if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> anyway, let's go. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's let's jump into some of these comments that I've missed on. Because yeah, as, yeah. as we're doing this, I'm seeing some really, really good uh, comments come through. Um, the first one I saw was um, Tara said, uh, Rock had to battle disco craze. That's very true. Like like Dan had touched on, like over here in the States, we had kind of pulled back and taken a softer approach. Um, we had not yet got into a lot of what Europe and, and Australia and and uh, even even South America and Japan and that kind of stuff they've gotten into that decade, yes. Right. I mean, you're. I mean, you have to include bands like Black Sabbath and Deep Purple. Like they were huge over there, but not so much yet over here. Um, so it, it took kind of um, them having their toes in the water for us to go. You know what? Okay, yeah, let's try some of that. Mm -hmm. So um, Terry says I wasn't even able to buy Highway to Hell until Back in Black came out, and then I saw Dirty Deeds next. I wonder if the title kept it down in the Bible Belt. It's a very, uh, very good point. Oh, I would think that's a legit point. Yeah, especially if Terry's from around here. Yep, he is. Um, yep. He yeah. uh, Terry is in a was in a band that I grew up in in Ava. Whenever I used to take drum lessons and stuff, my drum instructor was his drummer. Um, oh, so okay. I grew up getting to watch um, their band Crimson Steel. Okay. Um, well, I, I would, I would put money on that. That's a legitimate argument right there. For sure, for sure. For around here, for sure. And uh, the the serendipitous moment just happened in my head. So. Something interesting, like I said, whenever Machine Gun back in like '06, um, when you guys started playing, like is about the time that I moved to Springfield and was making trips from Ava to come and see you guys, like right. literally come to Springfield to see you. Um, and Terry was the first person I actually heard sing ACDC that was not ACDC. Like he was my first exposure to an actual local band kind of thing. Oh, right. And Terry could sing the shit out of some ACDC. Right. Um, and so then it was cool because. 
I got to see them practice. I never got to see them play. So when I come up to Springfield and then see you also embody the same kind of qualities that Terry has, I was like, this is awesome. This is full circle. And that just came together for me right there in the comments. So, um, Ron Blair says highway, um, absolutely timeless from the start, from start to finish iconic songs and riffs. My personal favorite of Bon Scott too bad within seven months, the world will lose him. Yes. And, and you're exactly right. And that's kind of what I was saying too. personal favorite of Bon Scott. Like you could see his growth through the albums, um, as an artist, as, as a, as a musician, not just vocally, like overall concepts and stuff. Woo. That shot's getting to me. Um, (laughs) Ron Blair says back in black, um, got into this album when it came out. What an incredible comeback for ACDC. And with the new guy, Brian Johnson, one hell of a day, a debut for the new kid. Yeah, that's very true. And you know, it's, it's so easy to, to kind of gloss over that, but think of all the bands in that time frame that did go through different band changes and stuff. Um, some of the ones that come to my mind are like deep purple, you know, they had like three different Mach 1, Mach 2, Mach 3 versions with different singers. And it's so hit and miss anytime you replace somebody, but especially when you replace the voice, the sound of, of the band. So, so yeah, that was, uh, that was a big moment for them. Um, Josh Poole says, Highway to Hell. Chris Schneider's Highway to Hell. So, uh, Tara votes Hell Bells. Well, of course she does. She said, only because I'm a little partial, I played Highway way too many times. That's... That's the other thing you got to just try to separate from this whole situation yes. is um, because uh, Machine Gun obviously did Highway to Hell. And so we did play it a lot and we saw its effect as a song and as a hook and as a chorus affect people still to this day who probably some of them didn't even know what band it was. I mean, yeah, yeah. when we got when we got fans at our shows that are like you know 21 years old and we're all pushing 40 and 50 it's like you probably don't even know what band this is but you do know the song and so i but i still think that's a testament to the song itself and how strong it was that it actually crossed so many um i don't know so many ideas to get to people yeah absolutely uh, even back to the comment about, you know, it finally being available in Springfield, Missouri, the Bible Belt buckle, but yeah, only when it became totally undeniable that they've got to have it here. Yes. A hundred percent. When everybody at school or everybody wherever how, was talking about it and you're like, I kind of feel left out. Like, yeah, yeah. That's how strong of a song yeah. it was. I mean, just, you know, I'm going to talk real musically about my answers. Absolutely. It's, it's just going to be strictly same. You know, same choruses, um, beats, music, sounds, sonics, you know, same. that kind of thing. Like I've got notes and notes made and it's, right. that's, I, I, for mine answers, I wrote down like, as I'm listening to the song, like this jumps out at me and this jumps out at me, that kind of thing. So mine, even though it's kind of a little bit all over the place, mine is definitely mostly all music, um, driven. Yeah. Um, Josh Poole says, saw ACDC in 1991 on the Razor's Edge tour. Great tour, by the way. Um, I was a guest of the opening band, King's X. Got to go backstage and have dinner with King's X afterwards. Great night. Well, we are in the presence night. of greatness. That is. Just so you know. See, um, Josh, that's better than being on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, Terry, did you say Back in Black, do another shot? Back uh, in I- Black. Oh, black, black and, black. and black. No, I don't think so. Get your ears checked, motherfucker. Black and black! Black and black! I was just, I, I had the same lyrics that uh, Machine Gun Symphony did, so, I, you know, <laughs> I was just reading what they had. I don't know. Don't My kill, lyrics don't shoot had the potatoes in it. I know I had potatoes in it. <laughs> potatoes. All right, we got oh, some good boy. votes here. I think we're up to, um, uh, Kim, simmer down, Kim. Simmer down. Uh, <laughs> so, Highway to Hell currently has six votes, and Back in Black 
I did. Hell's Bells um, has two votes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chime in on mine. So for what I wrote on Highway to Hell um, is um, it's an anthem arena rock song. Like it's got that big giant chorus like what we, we had talked about. Um, that instant recognizable intro riff is iconic. Um, anytime that you can like sing a riff, you know it's a good riff. Um, the solo starts out with a classic, almost like a Chuck Berry 50s style riff. If you listen to the tone of the guitar, it's even toned um, to have kind of that old school, um, I, I don't want to say a cheap sounding amp, but it has that old antique quality to it. Well, for those who don't know, Angus Young was a huge Chuck Berry fan. Yeah, absolutely. Huge. Yeah, big, big. Inf- I mean, that's where he did the, he got saw, the duck walk from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he loved that dude. <clears throat> um, another interesting note that jumped out to me because it's, Sometimes, you know, when you listen to the song on the radio, you just sing along and, and, and whatever. Or, if you know, like what Tara was saying, um, you've heard it so much or you've played it so much, you're like, God, I don't want to hear this again, so you skip it. But one little detail that I noticed, and I, I'm saying this because, you know, I with my production company, I work with the Dirty Saints a lot, and this is a song that they do. And I don't know, I really have to pay attention um, next time they do it. But at the end of the song, whenever um, Bon Scott's doing his vocals and he says, and I'm going down, so there's no like everybody wants to hit like their their kick drum and their cymbals and do a boom. it's not it's a slow cymbal bit of shh, and that's it and that's something that I noticed because I'm like wow like I've heard that differently it's it's almost like a uh, what's the Mandela effect it's almost like that like you hear like this big punch and into that and it's not so that even speaks to the song that you're able to hear things that aren't even there um, and I think that's uh, you know worth worth noting. Um, Josh Poole says, I get that. I used to love Hurt So Good. I played it so many times with uh, What's Next. I can't listen to it anymore. Yeah. Um, got people in the comments saying hello to each other, which I freaking love. That's the whole purpose of the show is to help people connect with each other. Um, oh, maybe you need another shot. Yes, you do. Um, I've got one in the mail for you. Um, so, yeah, wherever you're driving to, like, put it in park and go to the nearest mailbox, and you'll find a shot in there. I promise you. Um, I think the highway... Uh, to Hell album uh, as a whole is more versatile. It showed more of what the band was capable of, says Kim. Yeah, um, I, I get that. Um, again, it was a big time for, for growth for them. So in my notes for Hell's Bells, um, <clears throat> some of the lyrics is what really stands out to me. So we've talked on the show before, Ashley Berry um, is big into lyrics. And so, Ashley, I really thought of you on this song. Um, again, think of the concept. This is the first song, like I said, you got to think audibly, like, when you just hit hit drop the drop the needle on the record and hit play, it's you're mourning and you're anticipating what the man's gonna do next. So some of these lyrics really stood out to me. You're only young, but you're gonna die. If you're into evil, you're a friend of mine. Cause if good's on the left, then I'm sticking to the right. So and like the build up of that, maybe this is a stretch and maybe not, but to me it's not a stretch. I kind of compare that to um, the imagery that Black Sabbath had as far as very atmospheric. It made you feel where they were, where they were physically and mentally, you know, with the big bells and all that. Like, just, it really brought in the moment. So, um, for me, to sum this up, as cool as it is to be able to close your eyes and escape to somewhere, you cannot deny the the punch and the power of Highway to Hell. So, I, too, am going to go with Highway to Hell. Um, to me, it's just, overall, a bigger, better song. Um, so, yeah. um the next up on our list that's not what happened yeah that's what happened that's not what happened 
That's what went forward. I gotta get my, uh, my proper view. Terry's heading here. What's up? Terry is heading here. Oh, I, I wish he would. I wish he would. Up next, we've got... We're your Huckleberry Terry. <laughs> Can act like we ain't ready. Right. We've got Girls Got Rhythm versus Shoot to Thrill. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and start on this one. Um, so Girls Got Rhythm to me is a very upbeat, kind of a more danceable, you know, kind of that hoppy kind of beat. Um, something I really like about that is the call and answer backup vocals. Um, I think it's a fantastic dynamic that wasn't always showcased in a band like ACDC because they were so raw. Um, they didn't have the big dynamics of like a journey or, you know, that kind of thing. Did you a second ago just say bandamic? Dynamic? I, I think you said bandamic. I think this motherfucker's up here on my show trying I, to critique my work. No, I'm not critiquing. No, I'm, I'm saying I I'm think kidding. you might have just stumbled across a really great word. Oh. I think it was really a great bandamic. A bandamic? Well, which was the a same thing as, as band dynamic. Yeah. You were saying. With a band. Right. Yeah. So it's I a dynamic, you. but with a band involved. A, ba th a bandamic. I thought you were saying I Nashville'd it. <laughs> no, I was complimenting you. No, that's great. It's like, I like dynamic. Bandamic. Bandamic. Yeah, bandamic. I can't even say it twice if I even said it once. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, so um, if you're at home and after the show listening to Shoot to Thrill, Go to about the 3 minute and 15 second mark, and it is an absolute textbook example of a perfect buildup in dynamics. Um, the band really like drops the beat, gets quiet, and then it's where the buildup comes. Down, 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 down! Shoot you! That whole thing like is a huge buildup and a big crescendo that really felt in productions, from a production standpoint as a big buildup. And to me, that um, is like if you looked up dynamics, that would be a, a perfect example. Um, so yeah, so my vote on that because of that, um, because in that era, they didn't show a lot of dynamics like that. In my opinion, um, they would show little hints of it here and there, but that was like a, a minute long minute and a half segment of a, a big buildup. So for that, my vote is uh, shoot to thrill. So keep it in the comments. Um, are you girls got rhythm or shoot to thrill? Um, Dan, where, where do you chime in at? Hmm. These two are quite head to head yeah um the only thing that i would because uh, uh, because i could apply this to everything but these would be two good songs to apply my thoughts about brian johnson coming in on this record and um right from the beginning even hell's bells even though we've already passed that one up he he comes in and blends with this band in a way that Bon Scott never did. I mean, and I'm not saying that as a yeah, negative yeah. towards Bon Scott. I'm just saying he just came in as the new guy. They've got their shit together. And he, this, yeah. and it, he just, he did not sound like a new guy. No. Like, it's, it's just weird and it's hard to explain. And there was just so much pulse between him and the rest of this band and I've got thoughts on why that happened, uh, well, which we might get into later. But Shoot the Thrill was still just such a strong, j just the way the band played together. Girls Got Rhythm is damn hooky, though. It really, yes, it is. And, you know, actually, before we go on, you bring up a point, and I think it's actually a good time to talk about it. Um, because you got to keep in mind, they didn't just pick up Brian Johnson off the streets. He was in a band called, um, 
I always called it Gordy, but it's actually Geordi is how it's pronounced. It's, right. it's pronounced right. the same way it's spelled. Um, and they actually found him. So you got to look at it from the same perspective of it's not like they pulled somebody in or like, okay, now don't try to emulate Bon Scott, be your own man. He already was his own man. Right, and so right. for him, he's probably gone back and forth with how do I handle this? And at the end of the day, he has obviously, his track record speaks for itself, said, okay, well, they wanted me. So they wanted me as I am. Here I am. If they like it, great. If not, they'll find somebody else. Right. And I think that's why that translates to he didn't feel like a new guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, huh. you have different thoughts? No, I don't have different thoughts. I have additional thoughts. Okay, go for it. And um, I'm trying not to be your longest episode, but I'll just say this. Good luck, kid. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got <laughs> ways to go here. <laughs> No, but my thing is about um, uh, all you Bon Scott lovers are, are not going to be big fans of this. But, I mean, generally speaking, if I was just to completely pull some shit out of my ass, but there is actually some documented, uh, not proof, but uh, highly big league suggestions of this. Uh, Angus Young was not the biggest fan of Bon Scott. They were unbelievable, inseparable. They are the reason why ACDC exists because people would go to see and they would call it the Angus Bond or the Angus Scott show because it was the two of them that was like killing it. Right. But Angus was not a big fan of Bon Scott's partying. He was Angus was not a big partier. He was not a big partier at all. He wasn't a big drinker. He was he wasn't a druggy guy. That's he right. wasn't any of those kinds of things. Yes, sir. I read a document. I I read I I'm read a documentary about Angus Young. It's called um, High Voltage, where you know the writer says he he uh, um, uh, what do you see? He eat he ate, slept, and shit. ACDC. Yeah. There was nothing in the entire world more important to Angus Young than ACDC. Period. And so a lot of the band members that actually ended up getting their ass canned out of the band was because Angus was like, you don't take it as important as me, therefore you're out. And that was actually a, a common theme. And so although, although Bon Scott was obviously a major, major part of ACDC, Angus was not a big fan of his uh, partying. Yes. And was not a big fan of him kind of getting too much uh, out of control. So to me... Um, just, I'm just pulling this out of my ass. To me, I think you can hear in Back in Black that Angus found a guy that was ready to get to work and take care of business the way that Elvis Presley yeah, used yeah. to say it. It's like he took the position a little more serious is what he you're kind of saying. He took it more seriously. Yeah. And, and Bon Scott is undeniable. I'm not saying anything no, negative that's, that's necessarily true. about him. But I, I do know that Angus from, from very early, early ages took all this music so seriously that I can hear when I listen to Back in Black, I, the record, I can hear Angus playing Stepping in a up. way that he feels like his singer is with him. Yes, yeah, yeah. More than Bon Scott was, especially towards the end. No, that's a fantastic uh, uh, approach to that. Fantastic thought. Um, I, I, it's going to be hard for me to not keep making this comparison, 
but the same goes really for David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. Uh, uh, yes. David was very about the show, like he literally didn't. I forgot the words. You're and like, and, right on and, that. but he's like, but pay me the money to come see us, because right. you know. But whereas Sammy's like, no, the words are fucking important to me. I wrote them for a reason. Right, right. You know, so it's the same thing. Hundred percent. This isn't the first time this has happened, but it's very damn interesting that these two records released a year apart especially after the death of bon scott like because as much as angus loved him and they were the dynamic duo bon bon scott and angus were the reason you would ever go see acdc up until that point i mean that it was a known thing yeah yeah obviously the whole band was amazing but those two were like characters they were just kind of like they were the whatever bon jovi and richie sambor uh -huh. and the very much a team and the, yeah they yeah. were the duo yeah um, and for him to move on so fast with somebody who was just like, you know what? I'm glad you had a fun time with Bond, kid, yep. but let's get back to work. Yeah, yeah. And and, Kim, and that's what Black and Black sounds like to me as a record. Yeah, and did you guys hear him just say Black and Black? I um, did say Black and Black! So that's I'm that's kidding! officially a thing. Now now Dan has come on the show and totally Nashville his own his own thoughts. Um, but Kim is Kim Garmory is saying the exact same kind of supplemental thing as what you're saying. Uh, she said, "I think they were going to fire him for a heroin overdose once." So the same thing. Like they loved him as a brother, but they were kind of getting tired of his shit at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. So so yeah. Um, Absolutely. I'm I'm honestly this is really cool because I'm I made my list and I made a list of what I thought people were going to guess, and this one is the opposite of what i thought i thought people would go more for girls 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 jesus christ um girls got rhythm <laughs> over shoot to thrill but as it stands right now we've got three for uh girls and four for shoot to thrill so uh dan your your I'm final i'm officially shoot for thrill shoot for thrill so there we three, are shoot to thrill yes. shoot to thrill yes uh so yeah well, gosh dang girls got rhythm is hooky as is it not yeah and especially them back especially them bgvs so there's something about that too, and I feel like this is probably a good point to to intersect this. The subject matter of what they sing about changes as well. You've got uh, yeah. you've got uh, early ACDC with Bon Scott, um, very much like you know, kind of like a kiss almost, where they're talking about eat it like a piece of cake and you know that kind of stuff, like <laughs> right, right. sexual innuendo and 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 that kind of thing is very heavy in a lot of these early ACDC songs. Now they do still do that later on, you know, you got whole lot of Rosie and that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying it didn't happen afterwards, but they didn't lean into that as much. Um, you know, I remember, like I said, I grew up. This was the first band I ever, you know, really fell in love with, and. The innuendos um, for Girls Got Rhythm I thought was great, especially when they changed the, you know, Girls Got Rhythm, Girls Got Rhythm, and she got the backseat rhythm. I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, it's you, you get it. You, it's telling the story. But at the same time, it's got kind of like what we talked about before is almost that tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. It's not, it's again, Bond not necessarily taking it quite as serious. Um, so I think there's just a, 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 different in a difference in philosophy between the two uh, as lyricists overall. Uh, I I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, I think I think that's where that's where I, I I lean that way also as well. There's plenty of room to do some gratuitous innuendos and everything's about girls. That's fine and it's worked. I get it, but yes, there are definitely uh, some songs on the Back in Black record that just cover a couple of other things yeah for sure rumbler says the maturity level and the songwriting production and music structure on back in black was another level to highwood hill yes we, i agree we, with that Ron. i think we're all in agreement on that i think that's um uh, that's a very good uh a point for all of us 
Um, Tara says, only one shot? Where does it go from here? <laughs> Did someone only have one shot? Or are we doing another shot? <laughs> <laughs> she's only got one shot. Uh, she's only got one shoot to thrill. You've only got one shot. Do not miss the chance to blow. <laughs> Cindy Lucas, good to see you. Um, I didn't know you are here with us, so it's awesome to see you here. Um, I love both albums, both singers. It is like comparing a zebra and a giraffe, two totally different animals. On Van Halen, I cannot stand David Lee Roth, but love Sammy Hagar. Stay tuned next month on August 16th. Um, we really made the music and lyrics much better. Dave was the dancing chicken. Couldn't agree more. But he was, a damn, he was the best dancing chicken. I will say that. But you wouldn't even know who uh, Van Halen is without David Lee. 100% agree. So you're going to have to get him some street creds for that, which 100%. is the exact same thing I think about Bon Scott. 100%. Okay. Oh, did I just say that? We'll get into it later. <laughs> like I said, so there, there's a lot of comparisons to be made with Van Halen's transitional time to ACDC's transitional time. That's the reason why I'm doing these back-to-back -back, um, this month and next month. So your, your Van Halen thoughts are great, but let's try to say some of that for next month because it's going to be... I mean, we're going to be at each other's throats on that one. Yeah, because so. it won't be a rock album comparison because Van Halen's not a rock band because they had a keyboard player. Jesus. No, they didn't. They had a guitar player that decided to play keys. Okay. <laughs> Keyboards at all. No <laughs> rock band. Yeah, you can be poppity doc band, but you can't be rock band. <laughs> the 78. Not, not if you're playing keyboards. Come on, Eddie. Right. Come on. Yeah, that was an itch that didn't need to get scratched necessarily. Um, Terrell and Fritz, uh, I was referring to a previous comment saying, fire, put the fireball away. 78. God. A little inside baseball there for you fine folks. Okay, so uh, the tally is in, and it looks like the final verdict is uh, shoot to thrill goes forward. Shoot to thrill. Um, so over here on my, on my notes. I'm trying to get a Scottish accent going, and now that I've got all the pressure with Kim and her husband I'm probably watching, I'm going to try and steer away from that. But, uh, yeah. So, so far, uh, we are split. We've got one for the Highway to Hell album and one for the Back in Black album. So but here's where it's going to start getting bad for Highway to Hell. Yeah? <laughs> Starting from here on out. <laughs> this is the, the turning point of no going back, huh? <laughs> well, maybe three more songs from now, but yes. <laughs> um... Okay, so um, I, going forward on this classic album clash, I'm going to have to hire a, uh, a judge that tallies the points. Last time we had uh, Charles House online, and he helped with that, and that was awesome. So next up on the old list, Walk All Over You versus What Do You Do For Money, Honey. Mm, you talk about good, two good songs. Um, uh, I went first last time, so Dan, I'm going to let you take the floor on this one and, and kick us off with your, your thoughts on, on these two songs. Well, I'll be completely honest. I mean, I've, I've listened to these sure, both today, but uh, on both records here, neither of these songs really got huge. Mm -mm. Um, so I'm just trying to go through my head um, just off of memory. I'm gonna walk all over. I'm not over you. Um, and then, what do you do for money, honey? How do you get your kicks? What do you do oh, for right money, over. honey? Okay. How do you get Thank your you. licks? Go. Thank you. Yeah. See, we will not get shut down for that. It's all in the fucking notes. Because you sound terrible. No, ah! I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Again, I'm just going off the Machine Gun I Symphony fucking outline. I was joking. 
like, what do you do for potatoes, honey? How do you get <laughs> your right. licks? You got to put some potatoes in it. Mama, ah. No, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just kind of loved the energy of what do you do for money, honey? Um, just just the way it moved and the energy that it had. You know, I, I this is the kinds of things that I listen to, just to throw this out there. Like, uh, this is going to be a little vague for some people. I don't, I, I think I think Jared's going to get it, but the band um, Jane's Addiction, if you listen to their record, called strays strays is a record they were recording when dave navarro was dating q <laughs> name i don't need boobs i need name <laughs> yeah don't be adjusting the cameras tara <sighs> come on somebody help me here um, dave navarro and uh what's her name everybody knows Electra. her carmen, carmen electra, electra. He was he was with Carmen Electra when he recorded the record Strays, and I'm telling you what, there's some guitar playing on that record that is so amazing, and you can just tell that all he was trying to do was impress Carmen Electra at that time. These are the kinds of things I feel like when I listen to this Money Honey song. It's just like there was an energy that happened between um, Angus and Brian in songs like this that were just like i they they sure there's hooks in both sure choruses are great sure background vocals the production was done by the same guy on both records so yeah they're probably very very similar but there is some energy on uh what do you do for money honey which is not necessarily like a giant song but there was still energy there that i appreciated i'm gonna go my vote what do you do for money honey okay all right i got you down for that so I think as of now, we've got three for money and one for walk all over you. Um, we do all need boobs, Josh. Tara said she's going to go listen real quick before she weighs in. Good idea. Um, we all need boobs, Dan. McBride. No, yeah, maybe we, do. we don't. Maybe we don't. No, Josh doesn't. Uh, Jared doesn't want no boobs. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here to my notes and uh, see what I wrote down. So for Walk All Over You, I've got that it's a fast and upbeat verse. Um, the choruses are slowed down. And I say that because it's a different dynamic. A lot of times, you know, you hear verses that are kind of like Think I Would a Hell, um, a little more mellow, and then you, you pump up into the, the big chorus. And Walk All Over You is actually the exact opposite formula. So that stood out to me. Um, another thing that stood out is that it's methodical and spacious in the intro. Um, and it's a similar method almost to War Pigs. Um, if you listen to the two... Um, I know I, I keep drawing maybe some of these what you would think to be what the fuck what'd Shut you do you hit a button I hit a button um, okay it doesn't matter I hit the same button um, <laughs> it's just cool sound effects um, so um, to me that's it may seem odd to, to draw those two comparisons but to me it does have that methodical um, sound that, that Black Sabbath had so um, that's my thoughts on Walk Over You for um, what do you do for money honey um, again some of the uh, the lyrics, like like we just talked about for Girls Got Rhythm, where it leans on the sexual innuendos and stuff. Um, it's um, same. It's doing this. It's Brian Johnson doing the same kind of thing. Um, some of the lyrics that stood out to me. <clears throat> yeah, they're all standing in a queue just to spend the night with you. You're always pushing, shoving, satisfied with nothing. You bitch. You must be getting old. <laughs> like, come on. Um, the bridge going into the solo. Um, is, with the kick drums and vocals is a great combination and a great ramp up. Um, 
And it's, um, like I said, it's a fantastic sister or companion or follow-up to uh, Girls Got Rhythm. Uh, it's got big gain vocals in the chorus. So um, I, I, I like that about that. Um, for me, when you hear when you hear the songs kick off, like I, a lot of what I imagined um, in this album on my taking picks isn't so much of me just listening to the album, but like pretend I'm in front row watching ACDC, that kind of thing. Like, which one am I gonna be like? Oh, I'm so glad they're playing this. Um, versus which ones are I'm, am I gonna kind of rock out to in that? And for me, uh, what do you do for money, honey? That drum beat, that just energetic um, overall feel to it sucks me in so much so for me i'm going uh what do you do for money honey as well so i think we're at four to one i'm going to catch up on the comments um uh <laughs> josh says oh wait um uh, man boobs count too jared yeah i'm not a fan <laughs> not a fan of boobs period sorry you can't convince me um jesus god that's high vocals on money yes it is um very much so um Chris Snyder, did somebody say banana hammock? <laughs> um, Josh said he's uh oh two yeah yeah. Trust me, I'm not gonna yell at you for not being able to type correctly. <laughs> Unlike other shows, <laughs> you can't even spell Jared. <laughs> you get a little excited about your comments. I do, I, I do. I'm like, like, <laughs> some of the almost Freudian slips you've made have been. T-shirt worthy. Um, T-shirt worthy. Speaking yeah. of T-shirt worthy, we got another shirt in the works right now, and it's actually from Angus Young's brother. Oh, really? Yeah. The, Angus uh, Young's brother, The trend George, continues. George, that we talked about earlier, used to produce all of uh, Angus's shit, um, even after he got an ACDC. And when they would record, they were worried about, which is actually going back to your Mutt Lang thing that you talked about earlier, because even before they ever met Mutt Lang, they were starting to worry about, like, should we record something? Like, should we should we start doing something kind of a bigger idea like bands are doing right now because they're topping the charts? <laughs> right. And George was just like, no. He's like, just keep doing what you're doing. I think yeah. that's the way you need to go. And his quote was, uh, what was it? It was uh, fuck a bat, fuck a bum note, fuck the bum notes if it's cooking. There you go. Yeah, George Young. Yep. Fuck, fuck the bum notes if it's cooking. That's, in my opinion, a big, huge portion of what's missing in today's music. Everybody, everything's too perfect and too inhuman. Oh yeah, I mean you. Got, I mean, <laughs> you, it's unrelatable. For the people watching that hate Angus Young, I mean you, you're. You're actually missing the whole point. He is so incredibly like sloppy and doesn't yep. care, and his notes will be dampened, and his strings will be full of sweat and blood, and ah, it doesn't matter. That to me is the kind of shit that I love, man. Absolutely. And so uh, it's not about the bum notes. If it's cooking, fuck the bum notes. If it's cooking. Nope, that's a hundred percent accurate. It's and George Young, I know right that there. Dan, you stepped out for a second to. Um, go to use the restroom or get a drink or whatever you or did who knows but, what or, well you know he's probably looking at boobs um but um something that played in the in the little uh, video clip that i showed uh was talking about who all in was influenced by acdc um and you know that list is like uh metallica they said there's so many big bands that you know of now but were influenced by that but i'm here to tell you they would not have been so influenced by perfection 
because you can't aspire to be that. You can't be a 13-year-old kid in, at home with a, your brand-new guitar that you don't know how to play and be like, oh, I can be like that. Because nowadays, you, you feel like you can't because it's all pro-tooled up and you can't, you know, it's there's no seams, there's no flaws in anything. Yeah. And I think that weighs heavily on, on the overall growth of, of the music uh, yeah. going forward. Michelle makes a comment talking about what I'm talking about. It's called Pulse. Yeah. You just got to have the pulse. Yep. Man. Yep. Uh, Tyler Weeks says, Dan is such a natural behind the microphone. I truly hope you're doing well, my friend. I'm not, Tyler. Yeah, I need I'm, help. I'm, I'm holding him hostage. So. I, need, <laughs> I, I, I need supplies. <laughs> no, I'm doing great, yeah. Mr. Tyler Weeks. Tyler Weeks. Um, Man, I can't believe Shane bailed on us. Uh, isn't that some shit? The incredible drummer what from the band Noise Boys. <laughs> the reason why I think Shane actually bailed on us is because ACDC just doesn't quite fit his agenda. You know, there's a lot of people talking about agendas these days and whether or not you have an agenda. And ACDC did not have a double kick drum pedal, so I know that really bums Shane out. They also usually didn't play with a China symbol, and so that's something he just can't relate to. And they actually played with great guitar gear like Marshalls and Gibsons. And so, I mean, without a pointy guitar like a Jackson and some, like, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, those are the kinds of things that Shane probably got intimidated by. And so he told us that he had a back problem, but he just didn't know how to talk about a band that doesn't play a carbon guitar amp. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, as I'm over here fighting everything falling off the desk. Um, do you know the biggest reason why he's not here? The biggest reason why he wanted nothing it's to not do with ACDC? <laughs> There's no girls fronting the band. That's, that's the real reason. <laughs> he's like, I don't want any part of a sausage fest. Are you sure it's not that double kick drum pedal? I think he cares more about that than he does girls. <laughs> Love you, Shane. Oh, man. Should have been here, you wimp. He was too scared. He was too scared to come talk about a band that doesn't play China. Songs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Russ <sighs> says it's also in time. <laughs> What's also in time? Russ is always real deep. Right. Yeah. What he uh, yeah. He's so. actually not that deep. He just says shit. He's, he throws darts. Yeah, he sometimes it sticks. Darts. Yeah, he throws um, darts. Tyler Weeks, I'm actually struggling these days, Carolyn Fritz, but I'll take each day as it comes. Um, you know, I say at the end of a lot of shows, um, and I'm going to try and get in a better habit about saying it, but really, we're all in rough times right now. Um, so that's you know, let's bring each other together and and boost each other up with positivity and stuff. So it's kind of what this show's about. So glad to have everybody here watching along. Um, Perfect time to tell you, be sure to hit the like or love button or whatever emoji you want to use and uh, hit the share button. You don't have to type anything. Just hit the share button and hit enter, and it helps me out a lot as far as growing my channel. So, um, yeah, Brian's laughing. <laughs> um, okay, so it looks like uh, what do you do for money, honey, uh, went on to uh, advance. So now we have uh, one win on the Highway to Hell there's album. A, there's a lot more songs. We're going to go song by song. Song right? by song. You are not kidding. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's so we've it. got uh, one for Highway to Hell and two wins so far for uh, Back in Black. So up next, we've got... Come on, mouse. Which mouse are you? Bong. Touch too much versus giving the dog a bone. 
Um, yeah, I feel like maybe, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, I hope I'm wrong, but this might be another one where people aren't quite as familiar because neither one of these got huge play. Touch too much did probably a little bit more than giving a dog a bone, but uh, we'll get into that. Um, I think you started the last one off, so I'll start off on this one. Yes, please. Um, touch too much. Uh, again, gain vocals in the chorus. Big fan of that. Um, instrument. Um, I don't know what the fuck I wrote that for, but it says instrument pull and probably part. And the beginning part of the chorus is catchy. Um, out of the first chorus, uh, the buildup sounds like it's headed for a solo, but pulls back to a second verse. So it's like a fake out, and I think that's a really neat dynamic it's something different that they were trying um but it has like that do 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 and it goes back down into the end of the course instead of going forward with the build-up um and another thing that is really cool on this um again for those of you that know my story i started out as a drummer so some of the things that i attach to are drum things um this actually you know going back up as a callback to what tara was saying with they're fighting disco and stuff at this time um they actually incorporated a disco hi-hat technique in touch too much um I actually even watched a drum cover of this, and you can see it. But it's um, it's a disco technique on the hi-hat, and it's um, where you close the hi-hat on a downbeat um, but raise it for the upbeat. So it's like a kind of sound. And um, just the way that they do that going into the into the rolls and stuff was a, a very different sound for them, and I, I dug that a lot. And again, this is another very 50s style, almost like a Johnny B. Good-style guitar solo. Um, again, another big influence for uh, for Angus. Um, now on the other side of the coin, um, uh, given the dog a bone, um, I just wrote down that it's a return of the call and answer backup vocals. Um, given the dog a bone, given the dog a bone, like that kind of thing, like just very, very, um, regimented and, and kind of rudimentary as far as a, a lineup between the two songs. I, I like it, but it, between the two songs, it's just not quite on the same musical level as far as musicality as touch too much. So my vote is touch too much. Uh, Lena is not having it. Well, Lena, let me tell you something. <laughs> She's not having it. Not having it. She said um, neither, and she said next. <laughs> okay. Uh, Josh Poole, what do drummers know about music anyway? He's talking about uh, Shane Jennings. Fair. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. What do, that. what do they not only what do they know about music what do they know about chiropractors and back problems like come on <laughs> we think they load equipment or something yeah he doesn't um, have back problems he was just scared to talk about a band that doesn't play double bass kick right <laughs> uh cindy lucas is going with giving the dog a bone nice um chris schneider is going with touch too much so that's two to one um ron blair is also going with touch too much that makes it three to one and Brian Betancourt is going with touch. That makes it four to one. Hmm. Interesting. Kim Garmory, touch too much. Glad to have you back, Kim. Um, so, yeah, no pressure. Um, actually, uh, Tara, man, I'm torn, so she's probably off to go listen to it again. Um, if she can keep hold of her phone wrangled in her hand. Um, Terry Jones, I vote Crown Royal. One shot. I'm in Springfield. Fuck yes, I do. Um, and I'm being dead serious. If you're here... Uh, Shoot swing me a message, by. and I will let you swing by and join in because you have uh, a great insight to a lot of this ACDC, and you'd be perfect addition at the halfway point. So um, continuing on, um, Tara says, I'll answer the door, Terry. Okay, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm so, going to go with the dog a bone. 
Giving the dog a bone, huh? Yes, um, I am. Do you have any kind of reason for that, or is it just a feel thing? Again, these two cuts feel just—they uh, feel very equal split. I mean, I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are are voting touch too much, but uh, as far as like an album cut. I don't. Neither one of these really got to be gigantic hits or anything like that. <laughs> Terry says, "Touch, but just by touch." <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well fucking played. Uh, James also says, "Touch." So that's two more for touch. And so uh, I, I, I honestly, between the two songs, I, I haven't listened to either one enough. Sure. To have like a passion for one or the other, um, other than generally speaking. I think there was still just a lot of musicality mm -hmm. happening in the Back in Black record, the a uh, lot more messiness and vibe that I felt, yeah, more than I did on Touch Too Much. But they're both. I, I really think the two songs are pretty equal. They are. I just kind of love what I heard with um, Brian on. Uh, this record so just on that alone i'm gonna go with the bone yeah no that's totally fair i'm gonna go totally with fair. the bone jared <sighs> i thought you'd never say that i thought you'd i thought we would never get to this point in our friendship that you would finally admit <laughs> that it's time to be given given the dan a bone given the dan a bone just saying hell yeah screw the boobs give dan a bone screw the boobs give dan a bone hashtag screw the boobs give dan a bone <laughs> put it on a shirt but I'm an, I'm an underdog here, and it uh, looks like Touch Too Much is going to work. <laughs> it's going to win. It is going to win. We're going forward with Touch. Seems like a touch. Terry says touch Dog a Bone is driven. That was, oh, that was another thing, too. It is a driven song. It is. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, All but right, I'm pretty Terry. sure that one part in, um, in Touch Too Much, Angus Young jumps up, jumps up on vocals with a touch too much that kind of thing like that's how he had his vocals another thing that i uh didn't know even being a big acdc fan and so i really dug deep in my research is did you know that mutt lang actually even sang backups in a lot of these songs but that his voice because he had done so many albums and done that for so many bands um he felt was recognizable to people so he would actually be in the room doing like the like when i'm talking about the game vocals and stuff with a moot you know so imagine like they're recording and they've got the guys around a microphone he would be back behind them going touch too much just so that it wasn't as forward in the mix and it wasn't as recognizable that oh that like that people wouldn't draw the parallels of consistency between the bands he worked with yeah i thought that was an interesting little tidbit that is cool so looks like Do you believe touch too much? Oh god! Oh god! Touch too much once. Yeah. Do you believe like on that song, like "Don't Bring Me Down"? Do you believe the highest part of that uh, background are, vocal? Are you talking about "Don't Bring Me Down"? Yeah. Do you believe the highest part there was uh, hired, or do you think they just stepped out and asked the secretary of the studio to come in here for a minute? Like when they do the, don't bring me down, Oosh, don't bring me down, don't Oosh. bring me down. No, no. Not that one? No. When they're doing the, don't bring me down, Oosh. I don't know if it's Bruce or douche I would say or Bruce. whatever it is. I say Bruce and I think of Bruce from Archie's. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> douche. So that makes me think of, no, I'm not going to say it. Don't bring me down, douche, don't bring me down, douche. And then when it goes, you think that was a hired singer, or do you think they just pulled like, 
like the cleaning lady, like the lady that like cleans the studio. So here's you think what that's I'm, her. So here's what I'm imagining. That couldn't have been hired. They like, didn't pay her for that. Like card, you're, you're right? painting a story for me. Do you, did you ever watch uh, the Carol Burnett show? Yes. So at the end, when the old lady sweeps, I yes. bet you that was her. I bet you that was her. Ooh, yep. Ooh. Yep. That it was might her. have been. Yep. You know that highest part did not get paid. Don't bring me down, Burnett. <laughs> <laughs> when it goes all the way to the. That had to be like, potato. like who, like whoever was driving the BFI truck just rolled in and they're like, "Hey, can you sing?" And it was like a girl or something, and she was like, "I can kind of sing." And they're like, "Groose." Chris Snyder says it's Groose. Grace, don't bring me down. Grace, no, it's douche. It's. Douche. I don't think it's either. I don't. Think I don't know either. what the fuck it is, but that's what I love about music is it's interpretable. <laughs> whatever you, whatever you want part, it to be, it is. I think the high part was in house. What's up, Chris Schneider? Good to see you, my friend. I don't think she got a ten ninety nine. Mutt Lang sounds like Dwight Yoakam. That's very true. That's actually very very true. Um, he looks nothing like him, but sounds a lot like him. Um, okay, now we've got. Everybody that's watched the show has heard Ashley Berry chime in about how uh, how he's like very into the lyrics and stuff. On the opposite end of that spectrum, we've got Lena Brantner, the infamous wife of my guitar player in my band, uh, who is very much not. She doesn't give a shit about whatever the lyrics are. She just makes them up, and that's what whatever sounds good, feels good. She does. I'm with so, you, Lena. Uh, she always sings douche. I sing yeah. douche. She also, uh, you know. Probably changes that every other day. It makes the song so much better. <laughs> the lyrics. Don't the lyrics. bring me down. Douche. Don't bring me down. Douche. And then they got the secretary of the studio to go. Da, 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 da. Douche. She did not get a 1099. You know she sang that part for free. Right. <laughs> the better part was they're like, what the fuck was that? And and she was like, oh, was that okay? And they're like, oh, yeah, it was great. She it was walks great. out of the room and she's like, everybody's like, can you fucking believe that? <laughs> it was great. Yeah, she just nailed it in one take. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> anyway, separate thought. All right, let's go on. Um, we're almost to the halfway point here on our list, so um, I think it's a perfect opportunity to throw to a quick commercial. Um, this is not a Tyler Week special, however. This is a little something <laughs> special. Um, so what I want you to do is I'm going to do the same thing to you that I did to Tara. I'm going to give oh, you 50 okay. seconds to tell the people about the Unsung Dreamers. The Unsung Dreamers podcast, born right here in Springfield, Missouri, was inspired by the idea of telling the stories of local musicians where their stories would not normally be able to be heard. So... That's why we call it the musical journeys of the not-so-rich-and-famous. For some reason, you got to get rich and famous before somebody cares about all of the things you've been through to bring you to where you're at right here in this life and in this musical journey to this day. To me, to my wife, Tara, we think all of those stories are just as valuable as anybody else's stories in the entire world. So why not tell them? And there's not a platform to tell them. There's not a budget to tell them. There's not some executive that tells them. We want to tell you stories about the local Springfield musicians right here in this town. And I think that's a fantastic concept, by the way. Um, I, I've always kind of said that it's almost like a um, VH1 behind the music, but for the people that weren't able to get to tell their stories on a platform like that. Yes. So I hope that you understand where I come from when I say that and agree with that because I, I think strongly that that's a, a great concept and a very much needed concept for local music of any town. 
if if you're listening in Springfield, Illinois, um, if, if you don't have a podcast in your area that's like that, do one. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's been one of the most fulfilling things that I've like ever done artistically because, uh, uh, you know. Tim Ferriss, he's a he's a big podcaster and kind of a life coach type of a podcaster, and you know he's made the point before that uh, that I've that I've listened to. You know, if there's something out there that you want and you can't find it, uh, then do it yourself. And I love that advice. And one thing I wanted was to know whether or not all these musicians that I know on a personal basis that I can't go to Barnes and Noble and buy their book. Yeah, I would yeah. love to have known what their whole story is that led them up to what they're doing right now and why they form these bands and why they sing and why they have passion and why they do everything else that they do. I wanted to know those stories and nobody nobody made those possible. I, I searched and searched and searched. Before we started our podcast, I searched Springfield, Springfield musicians, Springfield musician biographies, Springfield. I tried every search possible to find somebody that would tell me the story of Jared Isaacs, for example. Right. And there it, it's it's not out there. And boy, is it a long one. And it was a it was a long one, but it was actually delightful and awesome and wonderful. And I enjoyed it a lot well, to have you on our show and to tell uh your story on our show because it just brought so much insight into uh you know who you are as a singer, but now who you are as a podcaster and who we are as friends. And that was a thing that that we Tara and I wanted mm -hmm. and nobody offered it. That's so right. we just decided to do it ourselves. Absolutely. And now we're up to like almost 40 episodes of interviews with local Springfield, Missouri musicians that you quite, you, you wouldn't believe what some of their stories well, are. And that not only now that because you've interviewed them and gotten to know them and their backstories, not only are you personally more invested in them, but you've let your listeners become more invested in them. And Absolutely. it's almost, it's almost like, um, well, it's, it's exactly like what you said. It's not almost. It's just like getting to read a biography on your favorite artist or whatever. And now you, you want to you see them succeed and do better. And you want to be a part of their growth now. And yeah. I think that's an awesome idea. And that, again, I've said this before, is a big inspiration to what pushed me to do this. Because I have same um, similar type goals with my podcast. Is to yeah. bring more unity and bring people together. Um, bring people... so. And our local scene here in Springfield, Missouri, in my opinion, has always been together but separate. Like, this circle is together and this circle is together, but these two circles don't necessarily meet. Meaning, like what Dan was talking about earlier, like you've got the Outland Ballroom, that kind of thing. He said it himself, like, the rock bars and other bars don't mix. Well, they don't. Um, so I'm trying to do my best to kind of bring some of that in because I know um, in my band Death May Die, I've played at the ballroom and stuff. Like, we, we've played there the last 10, 12 years. Um, and I've been in bands where we don't play there. Um, and so I'm able to see both sides of the, of the coin and I want to bring that together. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and, and just, yeah, as far as like scenes are concerned, yeah. there's, there's several different ones here in Springfield and there's people that are a part of every single one of them that are just impressive and and it's cool. And the inspiration that brought them to where they are has just been so much fun one thing one thing that we joked about on our podcast uh live chat version uh last which you can week, find on thursdays at seven thursday at seven o'clock and also you can always go back to youtube or facebook and find them and, and watch them after they've already been posted but there's a lot of musicians in town that although they love what we're doing they're not listening to each other's 
uh, episodes. They're not listening to each other's interviews. And so right. hanging out with them, uh, and they're all just like, well, what got you into music? And I'm Tara and I are sitting there going, <laughs> you would just listen. We've already told this entire story. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. And probably told it better, too. Like, you had the time and the <laughs> right, platform to, right. to slowly kind of talk about that. And kind so of it does take a little bit of teamwork. It takes, uh, you know, we'll commit the time and the effort into doing these interviews. But it does kind of, it's a, it's a push it's and a It's a give pull. and a take. Yeah. It's a give and a take for the musicians around town to also help us not only promote what we're doing, but just get engaged in what we're doing and listen to someone else's interview. Pick someone you've never heard of before, and I guarantee you, we don't have one single interview on our show that's not got some damn interesting things, um, even if it's someone you've never heard of. That's almost the fun part. Just jump on and be like, well, I've never heard of this guy. Pop on it and just kind of start listening to it, and you'll be like, holy crap, that's pretty cool. For um, sure. Every one of them has been pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, let's uh, get to some of these comments here. Uh, people blowing us up over here. <laughs> um, oh, where would it we... Okay. So Deb, Deb Klein said, uh, look up Groose, Ron. And Ron looked it up and he said, Groose, looked it up, whatever Groose means. Uh, yeah. There was a comment before that that said, no, keep going up. Here's where Groose comes in. Keep going up. There's a... Something plus something equals Groose. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I don't know where it was. Is it I down? Think, I think that's where the Groose thing came from. Wiki says Groose is a made-up word. It was before all that, though, wasn't it? Oh, gray plus Goose oh, equals Groose. there you Groose. go. Gotcha. Gotcha. Al with the win. Um, appreciate that, Al. Al with the wind. <laughs> um, Cindy says she loves both podcasts. Keep them coming. Uh, like Dan said, we definitely will. Um, it, it does take, you know, I don't feel bad because I don't feel like I'm begging, but I'm feel, I, I want us to grow together. So that in turn comes with responsibility with you guys too. Like I said, by you sharing or talking about it, even, uh, amongst other musicians or your friends or whatever, it really does help us a lot. And it, it helps us even keep the motivation to keep doing it because it is, you know, there's a lot that you guys don't know that goes into this behind the scenes for my show and for Dan and Tara's show. Um, you know, they, they research before they even get started um, to kind of have an idea of where the story's going to go um, and, and help lead the uh, interviews along. So, so yeah, so I, we, both of us appreciate you for both of our podcasts respectively. Um, we've enjoyed getting to know a lot of you guys um, better over the years. Yeah. So, and all this stuff takes a little bit of time. Takes yeah, a little bit of time. That's true. Takes a little bit of work and a little bit of momentum. And so that's why the two of us, um, you know, share each other's stuff and promote each other's stuff because we're both doing things that aren't necessarily exactly the same, but there there are very big time similarities yeah, between the two. So hundred percent. Even in the midst of Jared's interview, he still kind of tells some stories and gets some background and and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of all the same and it's all just a matter of, we actually have a, a very interesting uh, guest potentially coming on our show soon. Uh, and it's all in the name of just let's come together instead yeah. of, instead of being right. Uh, and I, I'm not here to reveal who that is, but I'm very much looking forward to that because but you don't, you do know, who I do is. know who it is. And I think you guys would honestly really be in for a treat. So yeah, I think um, it'd be fun. Yeah. Josh says, Dan, have you ever interviewed Nick Sibley? We have not gotten Nick Sibley yet, but we would like to because, yes, his uh, 
his uh, work that he did around here in the 70s and 80s. Pretty cool. We did interview uh, John Dillon, though. And John Dillon is going to release as an audio-only uh, episode here literally within a week or two. We're going to pop that one up. <laughs> I said, now nah, I'm full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're full of the right crap, sir. Um, yeah, so we... Um, we, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to I don't want to say stall but I think we might have uh, somebody joining us here and to give you uh, you guys are watching so you know who it is it's Terry um, like I said I used to watch Terry and his band Crimson Steel um, when I was a teenager so I have not seen Terry um, I mean it's pushing probably close to 20 years since I've seen him so he's getting ready to walk in the door here in a few minutes and join us walk so, in the physical door walk in the physical door unlike Shane Jennings. Yeah, Shane Jennings. I <laughs> well, know you can't handle talking about wait, someone that doesn't play on, double hang kick. Hang drum. on, hang on. Terry has said he's coming, so I want to say this. <laughs> Please don't back out. Please don't pull the plug like Shane Jennings did and say, oh, I can't make Shane it up the stairs. Shane Jennings. <laughs> oh, man. Shane Jennings. <laughs> I, love me, I love me some Shane Jennings. I do, too. Awesome. Um, so he's got, of course he knew I was going to give him shit. Um. My research department is slacking, so I'm, I'm going to rely on Dan and or Tara for this. So we, we talked last week on your guys' show, Unsung Dreamers, about the new band in Springfield called Damsel. Yes. There's another new band, um, and I cannot for the life of me think of what it was, but it's Deb Shelton is putting something together um, with Stephen Sparks, and um, uh, I, it's something something red or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The <sighs> red... The red um... The red, the red light, the red light runners, runners. the red light runners. The Thank red you. Light red runners. light runners. So yeah, um, I, I shouldn't have even started cause I'm not going to be able to finish this. Steven Sparks. Um, I don't even remember who else is in the band. Steven Sparks and Drew Biney and freaking freaking Richie Allen, Richie Allen on drums. That's right. And, uh, the rib master himself. Amazing freaking bass player. Huh? Nick Archibald. That guy is a little Beast, mm -hmm. love him, and then uh, Sparks, Spiny, Richie, Archibald. There's Who's singing? Uh, Drew, Drew. Okay. Oh gosh, help us out out there, no, people. No, the bass players. All you gotta do is look up the, the picture. Archibald guy. <laughs> it seems like there was five. Man, guys. I I agree. I can't remember for the life of me who They're else. very new, but anyway, it, they are my, really, really great. So my point being, there's a lot of new stuff coming up in Springfield, and I think I think it's really cool to see people come. It's more of this come-together kind of stuff and come together and do projects that people have been wanting to do for quite a while. Um, so I'm really looking forward to what's on the horizon. I think we're in for big things here in Springfield coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. This, this, uh, this downtime... Yeah. Of whatever you want to call it, the uh, quarantining or anything else. There's been some stuff coming together because of it. And so now when things start to kind of open back up, it's going to be interesting to see some new things. Tara and I actually got to catch like a, a glimpse of a version of the Red Light Runners. And uh, it was truly uh, fantastic. Yeah. And that was before we even knew they were becoming a real band. So I'm just telling you, it's it's good stuff. Very cool. And there will be no double kick drum pedal. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Shane. Not in that band. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need more drums. Right. They like less drums. Anyway. Yeah, sometimes more is less, right? Uh, <laughs> sometimes more is awful. 
But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just playing. All right, I'm going to stop ribbing on Shane. <laughs> Where the heck is Shane Jennings? Oh, well, see. No, we right. got to get going on to our songs. We do. Um, or we're going to be forever. Lena Brantner says she's so excited for things to get back to normal and see some live music again. Amen, sister. Okay. I think we're all just dying to get out and play in front of actual crowds of people. So I'm going to go ahead. Um, if, if he walks in, he'll just walk in midstream, and that's okay. Uh, so... Um, Red Light Runner, no S. Oh, Red Light Runner, no S. Yeah. I'm going to start calling them that. I hope they put that on a t-shirt. Red Light Runner, and on the back it'll say no S. They're truly great. Yeah. So let's go to our next lineup here. Beating Around the Bush versus Let Me Put My Love Into You. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dan, I'll let you go first on this one. And comment below, people, which which side you're leaning towards. Uh, I'm just going to say really quick, uh, having listened to both of these records in full just today, there were some songs that I quite honestly were not super familiar with mm -hmm. until I went through uh, both records today. And I'm just saying, looking at the screen right now, I remember... This is sometimes how I roll, and I think it's kind of like a good way to roll. If I'm going to put a vote into what record is a great record or not a great record, mm -hmm. I remember beating around the bush uh, more than I remember Let Me Put My Love Into You. And just based on that alone, even though I love a lot of Sonics happening over here on the Back in Black record, I do remember the hook. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll be totally honest. I'm I've never been big fans of either of these songs. Not that they're not good songs. I just didn't know them. And based off of listening to them very few times um, in my life, I remember beating around the bush more than I remember. Let me put my love in you. And I'm going with beating around the bush. There you go. Uh, by the way, Deb Klein says. Uh, David Pick on piano, Red Light Runner had a look. Had to look. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Oh, okay. Deb, okay. by the way, I appreciate all the work that you put into um, promoting and supporting local music. I know I've told you that before, but I'm going to try and be as persistent with that to you as you are to us as musicians. Um, yes, thanks, Deb. Brian Betancourt, let me put my love into you. Brian, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> totally kidding. God damn. Can't Relax. You take, can't you take a joke? <laughs> I mean, sometimes I just tickle myself so much it's not even funny. <laughs> Chris Snyder is beating. Okay, I don't think he's betting on a song. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, while we're while we're yakking it up here, I Chris Snyder a couple days ago posted the funniest fucking video I've seen in weeks. He, I think his daughter's just got him like an Alexa thing. Mm -hmm. And so he's been playing around with that to make sure it works. I don't know if you saw this. And he goes, yes. Alexa, what's what's the longest fart? And so Alexa gives the uh, the whole scoop on the longest fart. And there's like a couple seconds of silence. And he goes, hmm, okay, thought you'd know. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, okay, so we've got um, Brian with uh, Let Me Put My Love Into You. Uh, Kim with Beating Around the Bush. Uh, Chris with Beating Around the Bush. Uh, Tara with, uh, I vote beating because it rocks more. That's one way to put it. <laughs> uh, Dev Klein says, thank you. You're very welcome. Um, 
Ron Blair, uh, beating around the bush is a little punky sounding. Yes, you're exactly right. And I think I've got that in my notes for ACDC. Kind of sporadic. Let me put my love into you as just a solid, constant flow. And so he's going with that one. I like the way you think, Ron. He's um, going with let me put my love in you? He is. Okay. Yep. Uh, he's His words are he, it has more of a flow, kind of a more solid yeah, I, story. I, I, I agree. Song for song, I actually think Let Me Put My Love In You is better. But I'm just saying what I would remember from just a first, second, third time listening, mm -hmm. uh, Beating Around the Bush just hooked me a little harder. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and it has more of a raw sound. I don't know how, like, Let Me Put My Love Into You is a more produced sound. Um, it sounds big, it sounds full, that kind of stuff, where, like what Ron's saying, Beating Around the Bush is just a... a balls out punk kind of song my my notes on that is um on beating around the bush the intro guitar riff sounds a lot like walk this way if you listen to that you might hear the similarities um which was not written until 1986 keep in mind this came out in 1979 so it almost makes you wonder if aerosmith was maybe also another one of those bands that was kind of um inspired by acdc um then it goes into an almost um, Who Do You Love by George Girl Thorogood um, like riff again, uh, which was just written the year before in 1978. So um, it's interesting to see kind of what Angus's um, influences are too and how wide that variety can be. Um, and literally, I wrote the same thing as, as uh, Ron. Then it goes nearly into a thrash slash rockabilly punk type of beat. So Ron, you're definitely on the right track with that. Um, for Back in Black album um let me put my love into you um so i talked about some of the notes and stuff i made notes of this um but uh some of brian johnson's highest notes um are in this song um specifically on the line um um with my artillery when he's like with my artillery whoa, like that the word aisle is a g6 and that's insane for any kind of music in that era like people weren't doing those big big notes like that and stuff um so there's a funky guitar riff on the pre-chorus um don't you struggle don't you fight that kind of thing like it's it's a really cool back and forth with the guitar and the uh the vocals and that was something that acdc grew uh, to be a little bit more famous for um and then um again leaning into the uh the dynamics of the the lyrics and stuff with the sexual innuendos um let me cut your cake with my knife tell me that's not a gene simmons or a paul stanley like uh line that's just you know it's amazing um so big things are happening over here at the uh sunset studios um Yeah, <laughs> I've got a thing. How you doing? I'm here because the camera. Good to see ya. You want him for the camera? Um, he. I think he's got him. So, um, let's see if I can get this going here. We've got big things happening. I've got to uh, make a couple adjustments uh, so that Dan's not decapitated and uh, I'm not just a bobbling head. So I'm going to adjust the cameras. Y'all talk amongst yourselves. Uh, everybody, this is, um, you see him right here in the comments. I'm trying to pull up one of your comments here. There you go. There you go. Man of the hour, Mr. Cherry Jones, right in front of your face. Kind of. 
Hey, you got shot cups or what? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> How hard it is to get a full size bottle in Springfield on Sunday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. We're getting things adjusted and situated here. Um, this is going to be awesome. Like I said, Terry has been a, a, a big influence in my um, upbringing with ACDC. At the time that I first saw Terry sing, this is when ACDC was my favorite band. So, uh, it was. big, big moves for me. Yeah. He still should be in the top 10 there somewhere. Yeah, you know. All right. Um, it definitely is. It definitely is. I'm going to do some adjusting. Yeah. Let you guys in on all the behind the scenes. Um, Tara, can you tilt? Can you adjust the camera, Tara? So, oh man, um, zoom mine out and bring it. I think. So that silver button on the top, one way or the other, it'll zoom in or out. Out? Yeah. Oh, other way. Oh. Ah! <laughs> there you go. It tilts it down. Yeah. There you go. Yep. That's the one. You're all right. That's all right, because put it a little more down, because it'll float up for a second. There you go. Perfect, yeah, perfect. Good. Nailed it. Thank you very much. All right. Yep. I think we're all, we're all, we're all good. Um, let me jump to the comments here. See where we're at. Um, Josh Poole says, "Let me put my love into you." I like the dissonance of the guitar. Good point. Um, Chris Schneider, because it sounds like eating around the tush. Chris, you're a nasty mofo. <laughs> Beating is almost a bluesy. It's almost bluesy in a way. Yes, it is. Like I said, it's got kind of that rockabilly, um, punk kind of vibe. So, yeah, I, I can get that. Um, but to me, I feel like um, Let Me Put My Love Into You is way more bluesy. Um, so, haha, he actually did go. Uh, did, you, did he take you crown? Let's, let's ask the man himself. Did you bring any crown? Got some crown. Oh, snap. So we will do a, a refill. She did say um, it was... Um, Lena even no, it was Kim that said something about put the put the fireball away. So we did put the fireball away, but now we're up to crown. Thank you. We're up to crown apple. It's good stuff too. You know what's really good is the fact that we had some fireball sitting in our uh, our little shot cups, and so it's almost going to be like an apple pie. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. He should have one over there somewhere, too. By the way, this is part of my daily diet. Is it? Yeah. It's, uh, doctor's trying to get me off of it right now. but <laughs> They said, like, clear liquid, so I bought in a bottle of vodka. and <laughs> clear, they, clear liquid, clear bottle. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said, no, that's not what I meant, so I went back to ground, you know. So I want to ask you, Terry, What? tell me – we Dan and I have kind of talked about our backstories of what got us into ACDC. What was it for you? What What about ACDC turned you on, sort of say? Like, what Actually, did it for you? Very first fucking time I ever heard Back in Black. Just the power. It was just like yeah, Brian Johnson's power. It just that was it. I was sold. You know. Did you get into uh, the Bon Scott era, or did you really get into ACDC more when Brian um, came on board? 
I didn't even really know that much about ACDC until Brian came on board. And then it was kind of like a big turn on to everything. It was just all at once. Gotcha. I was like, at first, I was like, wait a minute, are those two different singers? I didn't even right. know. Right, yeah, yeah. You know? I'm like, wait, they're both a little growly, but one sounds... One vocally is yeah, a better performer. Right, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, so I'll... Um, I will. No, I already did that. Yeah, I already did that too. I already gave you my two cents. My my old band, Sunset Strip, we actually covered "Let Me Put My Love Into You," and I really loved singing that. I loved that big high note. I loved the challenge of that. Um, and when done correctly over time, it becomes less of a challenge, um, and it's just a really fun song. Um, I just really like the dynamics of the song, and that, like I said, to me, that's a way bluesier song than. Um, uh, beating around the bush. You know, ACDC, like if you when you cover them as a band, uh -huh. you never have anybody arguing about it. Like, like you say uh, the way that AC you do songs. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, you're pick one. You're 100 percent right. It's not as divided as as yeah, the uh, Sammy and Dave kind of thing with Van Halen. Right. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. That you're right. And I think a lot of that is because they're they both brought a special something to the band that neither one had. Whereas with David Lee Roth and Sammy, they both had some similar qualities. They both were good frontmen. One might have been better than the other. They both, on the albums, were great singers, but one might have been a better singer than the other. Um, because, in my opinion, and we'll talk about this next month, but um, in my opinion, David Lee Roth, the same as Vince Neil, did what he needed to do for the albums and for the band on the album. Absolutely. Now, that did not translate to live, because they both fucking sucked singing live, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Um, whereas Sammy you know, carried on. And so I think that's where a lot of division happens is because there wasn't as much um, crossover in what they brought to the table. It took me a little bit to get used to Sammy Hagar, actually. Did it? Really? Yeah. I was a big Van Halen fan when all, when all that shit went down. But Yeah. Hey. You need a shot. Yeah. Thank you. These are the crown shots? These are crown. Yeah. And, oh, and guys, our, our fireball cups. You waited on me? Yeah, we Thank did. Thank you. Yeah. Here you go. Here's to good friends and good music. Thank you. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Very Thank nice. You. Very, very nice. Thank you very much, Terry. I just come to make you slur a little bit. <laughs> Easily Since done. I already caught you, and you <laughs> yeah. just won't admit it. <laughs> black and black. Oh, black man, and I'm telling you. Black I'm and black. That was black and black, man. <laughs> Not, well, better be black and black than blue on black, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I like that remake, you know. <laughs> You're going to zoom me in now. Yeah, zoom me in, boy. You got bats in the cave, man. Stop moving, Dan. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's as good as this getting today, folks. Little, little, you know. Uh, that was not my notes. Uh, as much as some people like to think we're planned, that was not planned. <laughs> Only one person. <laughs> Shut up, Dan! I was joking! <laughs> <laughs> oh, joke. God. Why is that not a fucking shirt? It's a joke! It's gonna be. I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when when you get that all swallowed, tell us where you fall on this, Terry. Are you more for, um, let me put my love into you, or are you for beating around the bush? Oh, man, that is a tough one, but I'm going to have to go with uh, Brian Johnson on that. Because Actually, it's got like 
one of my favorite quotes of all time. Let me, let me, what is it? Let me cut your cake with my knife. Yes, that's what I was yeah, saying yeah, as you walked in. Yeah, um, the line is, um, let me cut your cake with my knife. Yeah, yeah and I was saying that, that that's, that's, that? I mean, I feel like either Gene or Paul wrote that from Kiss. I mean, that's very much just a cheesy, you know, I mean, it, it belongs in the song, Look It Up. It's and, like a sore dick. You don't bleed, you don't beat it. Unless you're Chris Schneider. <laughs> Chris, Chris Schneider might be a six a day. Uh, Brian says you need AR shirts. Arcan is that as in Arkansas or what? Is, what is, what are you referring to? Uh, Pantera vulgar video. I feel like I'm missing so much of this conversation. I don't even know where I'm at. Oh, that sounds like it's a good time for another shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sammy sounds just as good now. Yes, he does. Um, no, no dinner for me. Only fluids. Doctor said. There you go. Okay, so. Um, Dan, did you say which one you were leaning towards? Uh, I think I did. Kay. I was leaning towards the uh, the well. What were the two songs? Okay, let me let me. Well, I'm glad you said that because I had <laughs> my, my shit. <laughs> um, we were on. Um, oh, I th this one right here. See, I f I'm already feeling more comfortable. I feel at home with like how the screen looks, and this this is better. Oh yeah, I, I, I already it. voted on this. I said beating around the. Bush. That's right. Yes. Because I remembered it. Better. Okay, so um, we need we need you guys to continue to to chime in here because right now we've got a tie. Uh, we've got a three to three tie. Really? I believe so. Unless I can't count, which is highly probable. Okay, so we've got. Uh, has ACDC, like, correct me, man, have they done anything that slow since Brian Johnson uh, that that you can remember? Slow? Yeah. Almost ballad type. With I, Brian I, Johnson? Yeah, with Brian Johnson. Um, I can't think of anything. I don't know about ballads. I mean, they had some slow songs. I mean, That's a really good question, though. Hell, like we even, had Ride even, On. Even with, Back in Black is slow. That's a good example. Ride On. I'm going to ride on. You know, yeah, but then did we have any more with Brian Johnson? I don't, I don't recall anything. That's a fantastic question that I was not prepared for. Well, I mean, ACDC never really had ballads. Not really, not but really, they did. Uh, but they had slow. They songs. did dip into that a little bit. Yeah, sure. yeah. I wouldn't consider it a ballad. You're right. I wouldn't no, consider it a ballad. If, if you were listening to like a block of ballads, it could pop yeah. up. You know, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Hmm. I mean, we'll get to it later, but I mean, rock and roll ain't noise pollution. That's a pretty <laughs> slow song. That's about as ballad as ACDC gets. True. Slow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can yeah. slow dance to that. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Take your first date out, dance to it on the, on the dance floor. And smelling like Alpo. I ain't gonna die. Not wet Alpo. Fuck <laughs> wet Alpo. Deal with wet alpo. Uh, I, can, I can smell alpo. I just can't do wet. You're right. No wet alpo. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, let's go to these comments here some more. Um, did Terry pick one? Yes, he did. Um, yes. Yes. Um, Al says, I'm thinking of beating around the bush, um, but black and black was a favorite. Okay. Well, we're not okay, there look, yet. Don't beat around the bush about it. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, pick just one. Tell us, yeah. how, tell us how it is. Pick <laughs> one. 
Okay, so I think that uh, I'm with, going with beating around the bush. I think with that um, beating around the bush wins, which you know I just mm, that one chaps my chaps. Hey, it's ACDC. How can you lose either that's, way? That's so. very true. That's very true. <laughs> Keeping it real. <clears throat> All right. Um, Anybody want another shot? <laughs> not yet. I will. Up next, we've got, drum roll please, Shot Down in Flames versus Back in Black. Oh, God, I Jesus. don't even to talk. We are here now, my friends. We are here now. This is the time where Dan and Terry, you guys can take the stairs or you guys can take the window. Your choice. But if you disagree, that's the way it is. Well, I'll tell you first off, Back in Black is uh, it's hands down for me. But at the same time, I, I've heard it so much that I'm kind of burnt out. Yes. So... Um, now, if I had just well, and that's the thing. That's hard to. That's going to be hard for us to separate that, right? Right. If I had just now heard one with the other, I, I'd pick back in black. Okay. But I, I, fucking shot down in flames is kick ass tune. So like, uh, listen, back in black is um, Deb. That's true, but that's um, on the same album. So I'm not sure that I would consider that later. But we'll yes. get we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there because Night Prowler is freaking awesome. But anyway, uh, Back in Black, in my opinion, is the very best rock and roll song that's ever been written, period. doesn't matter who we're comparing it to. It slaughters any rock band ever, including Guns N' Roses and including Led Zeppelin and including any... Take in the window! You're taking the window! Any effing rock band that's ever existed, you've never written a song as perfect as Back in Black. There is no... Rock song ever better than Back in Black. I don't care. I well, don't care. a lot of people will agree with so that. It wouldn't matter to me if we were comparing it to ACDC itself or if we're comparing it to any other rock band, which Van Halen doesn't count because they have keyboards in their songs. <laughs> and neither does Journey. And neither does any band with a fucking keyboard player. That's not a rock band. Back in Black can only be compared to other bands that don't have keyboard players which i'll give you led zeppelin i'll give you the who i'll give you the beatles i'll give you all the back in black cannot be beat by any band ever period done deal as far as rock and roll is concerned done deal it's a slam dunk come on there you go uh so we've got another even several rap artists will agree with that i mean look yeah. at how many mixes they've done with back in black as the background okay yeah. yep. true that's that's a very true point. True form. That's valid. That's yes, better valid. than Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters wish they could write a song as good as Back in Black. <laughs> uh, Terry Parker agrees. Uh, best rock song ever. Hello, Terry. Good to have you here. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Like I said, these motherfuckers all disagree and can take the stairs or the window. It's your choice. <laughs> I will jump off a building for that one. Okay, so I'll and start. Hello, Terry Parker. I will good start with you, my notes Wait, in Back in Black. Guns and who? Who was that again? Guns, uh, guns and uh, I'm daisies. I'm telling you, right behind. I this. think it's guns and daisies. Right. I'll be your daisy. You daisy. Dude. I'll be your daisy if you be my duke. <laughs> okay. I that knew, was a joke. I knew I shouldn't have come over with shots. I'm I had joking. a funny feeling. I'm just telling you, you can't beat. Uh, you know black. I'm a big Guns and Roses fan. So. I do. I do. Okay, so I'm gonna go to my notes. I love Guns and Roses, um, but for they back and right, they can't write back in black. Well, probably because it was already fucking written. Um, uh, yeah, right. Okay, so um, for Back in Black, it's another instant, iconic uh, guitar intro. Um, the, guitars, the guitars and the verses make the song. I'll say that again. The guitar and the verses make the song. 
Um, the drum part is really innovative before the vocals kick in. Um, oh, and just as a, a little tidbit, there was, I would like to eventually um, get enough of these that I'm able to do a full show on misheard lyrics. This is one of my first misheard lyrics. I used to always think that it was because um, I'm back on track and I'm I'm sorry. I almost gave you the actual words. Um, I used to think that the words were I'm back on track, not giving a fuck. But it's actually I'm back on track and I'm beaten in the flack. <laughs> I, I like my version better. I don't care what you say. I'm <laughs> back in too. black and I'm not giving a fuck. I always just kind of mumbled that one. Back in black, not giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, marbles in my mouth. Shot down in flames. Um, uh, one of the lines that jumped out to me. I said, baby, what's your going price? She said she told me to go to hell. Um, going into the solo, the first two bars are Angus with um, a call and answer. And if you listen to the guitar uh, playing on that, it actually it's almost like sound effects. It's it, to me, it almost sounded like a lightsaber with some of the like slides and things he was doing. Um, was very uh, groundbreaking, if you will, for for uh, ACDC. Um, and then I love the ending of "Shot Down in Flames." Um, the the guitar noodling into the bendy sustained vocals, and then he's like. And you hear that little snare kind of thing. It was just like a, a cool fall off. So my final answer is shot down in flames. There is no other alternative. You are insane. I'm not Jared insane. Jared Isaac, this is a this is a crossroads okay. in our relationship right now. Okay, but let me, I am not even kidding. Okay, but before before as you get one of your two dukes up, let me let me put one of mine up. You cannot tell me that if it was not for that guitar riff. Bound, bound out, bound out. Yes. yes. It would not be the iconic song it was. It is one it is a one riff song. Uh, hey it's, man. No, it's about a four riff song. Hey man, just the very the, beginning. Just, just the very beginning of the hi hats. Oh my gosh. And then, and then the guitar player the stops. <laughs> when it's just like the guitar player is involved in the first couple, and then it's just like Yeah, that's it. That song has about 27 riffs. Total power. That's literally the exact same riff that I just sang, you twat. No, listen. (laughs) No, no. No. (laughs) Tell me I'm not wrong. I am telling you you're wrong. You're way wrong. You're so wrong. This is the core of why we originally didn't like each other. I just didn't realize it. No, I'm just joking. See, I'm just being... I'm joking! Kim Garmory, this is why I love you, Jared. Kim, this is why I love you, too. I will stand out against the crowd no, knowing shut, I'm right, no. and I will not take over an answer! No. They can take the stairs and they can no. take the door! No. No. <laughs> you are so wrong on this. Wait a minute. Didn't you leave the same place I did? You took no for an answer. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Man, when he... Uh, when you're right, you know. When you're was right, that right. A, was that an Ava joke? Yes, yes. I think that was an Ava joke. That's great. Oh, I lived there for a long similar. time. <laughs> Damn the man, Kim said. Actually, I got married there. For, yeah. yes. In Hartville? Yeah. Oh wow. No, you don't. Man, this is no, this is good times. Not unless you were putting dollars down her pants or something. Oh, I, no. I don't know. <laughs> 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 if y'all are digging this bullshit session we're having hit the like button or the the love button or the share button or hit all the buttons because i'm hitting all the buttons uh you quit hitting these buttons <laughs> you fucking pussies you're wrong oh my um, gosh okay new drinking game shot every time dan says black and black 
Chris Snyder, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Chris, Chris. I didn't say black and black, did I? Surgeon General Warning says this is not advisable for your fucking health. Don't do that game. <laughs> you will lose. You will be shot down in flames. Oh, my gosh. Deb Klein, I got to agree with Jared. It's the riff. Thank you. Deborah Klein, I used to love you, but now I, I don't even know you. Um, I can't even believe you would say that. <laughs> the, the back in Black is undeniable, like, done deal. This this whole podcast is over. Are you good? <laughs> Terry, I'm going to stand my ground. You're, you're damn right I'm going to. And the ground he's going to oh. stand is the flight down the stairs or the flight out the fucking window. Well, that's fine. I'll jump <laughs> off the building. I don't really care. There is no rock song better than back in black chris schneider okay jerk okay here's another here's another point to this and and i'm gonna try and reel us in and be serious with this you cannot tell me that back in black is not more of man i, I know i'm y'all ready for the the deep end of jumping into the ship oh boy here we go acdc acdc at its core <laughs> acdc at its core is a blues rock band yeah uh yes, yes. vocally back in black the delivery of Back in Black is more of a rap song. No, no, I'm with you actually yeah, on this. It is. It, it, there's a, I'm it, actually it's not. not, I'm not we're I, finding common ground. I'm hearing yeah. what you're saying. It's Especially very probably why. Which is probably why a lot. That's probably why a lot of rap bands use that as their background mix because they can just get right into it. But it also happened. Tell me I'm wrong! It also happened way before a lot of rap was as big as it is no, for now, sure. though. So, rap is still big. <laughs> so to give you guys a little <laughs> insight here, I had some other clips that I had ready, but um, I actually did a, a test run of this, and I just want to make sure that we're not going to get pulled down from this party that we're having. It's a good time, and I don't want to get Facebook pulled down because we're playing music and stuff. But there was um, an interview with them, and I will, in the um, after the show's over, I'll... Put it on the uh, Audio Roast Facebook page. But they talk about this. And they talk about how actually... And I think it might have been tricked me all night long. I think I might be jumping the gun on this. But it's the same concept. So the guys in the band were torn on this very subject. So, and I, I am shake, I am jumping the gun, but fuck it. So in, in um, Shook Me All Night Long... Um, uh, she was a fast machine. She kept a motor clean. She was the best damn woman that I ever seen. So Malcolm wanted it to be like, she was a fast machine. Vroom. She kept a motor clean. Vroom. Like she, he wanted to like, but everybody else in the band is like, no, we need to get this energy going. And right. so to me, Back in Black is the same kind of thing. Like it's it's almost like a rap. Like um, you you have to have proper breath control and stuff. Otherwise, you'll sound like machine gun. I mean, you'll sound <laughs> you'll sound all potatoy. No, but this seriously, guy. but seriously, this like it guy. has it has more going at a faster pace, and um, it's almost like it's it's losing control kind of thing. It doesn't. Dude, no, it gets you, away from that blues. You are so wrong about this. It's unbelievable. Listen, back in black, <laughs> Deborah. I've already had my words with you. No, I love you, babe. Listen, no. Back <laughs> Josh Poole, you know how everyone rushes to the dance floor when shut down and flame starts? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Fuck you, because I do. That's completely true, Joshua. Yeah, I got my army here. I got my army here. Look at Terry Parker, everybody. Listen, Back in Black is like is like Beethoven's fifth. It is there is nothing 
wrong with it. There's nothing wrong. Nothing. It is absolute, pure rock and roll perfection. From top to bottom. The sounds, the singing, the guitar playing, everything. Nothing beats it. Nothing. Kim says she's agreeing. I'm, I'm assuming with me. She's agreeing with me. You go, Jared. No, I will, Deborah, I will you go, know I'm Dad. right. I will go. Hey, you want to know something more important than that? Possibly. A crown lid fits on a Coke bottle. It's perfect. <laughs> These man. are... I'm gonna I'm gonna start a new segment on the show, and it's called Terry Jones Life Skills. That's a that's a life skill. That'll or a last life about habit. thirty seconds. So. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's the most riveting thirty seconds. Jared is so stressed to have the two of us here. He's just like, oh my god, I'm not gonna be able to pull this back together. I've known one jackass for a long, long time. I've known another jackass for a long, longer time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. He's like the captain of the Titanic right now. Right, I'm Daddy I'm going Bob down on the ship. Was the best song Machine Gun Symphony ever did. I know. Um, uh, so Gail Fritz, back Mama Fritz, Back in Black was the best song Machine Gun ever did. Uh, your head went down, your eyes closed, and you went to your rock and roll heaven. I sure did. Mama I Fritz, sure did. bringing some truth. Mama Fritz knows how to speak the truth. Back in Black was like going on the bandwagon fan song of ACDC. I agree. I agree. I do. Um, it was not so, a bandwagon uh, song. Now, now, hang on. I, I will. I will say this because I'm always defending against this. There is like in the metal community, like this elitism. Like, oh, you don't. You don't like. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. I don't know. You don't like the topical kind of songs from an artist. You're cool if you like the underneath ones. I'm not trying to be like that. I truly feel like "Shot Down in Flames" is a great song. that's underrated, and it does fall on par with "Back in Black." Hey, there's not a bad song on either album. No, there's I really mean, not. There's, I mean, well, seriously. I mean, yeah, let's 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 uh, calibrate and yeah. come back together as friends. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I like this part better. No, I'm not kidding. Now, if we can do that, political it would be fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were going to be the longest fine. episode ever. Yeah, we're all fine with every song on both records. Come on, we're all. Good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. But you can't I mean, y'all, the votes, the votes are are in. We've got back and black going forward. It is what it is. So it doesn't matter what the fuck I think. Apparently, that's right. It doesn't. So <laughs> next, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Listen, with a mustache like that, oh, it's going to be hard to get anyone. <laughs> don't, don't talk about my facial. God, God, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's my mustache a joke it's weird to you? To see you with a mustache. I remember. It, it, yeah, I saw that man. I was like, you're like, minute. you're like, who the hell? It was a kid just a couple of weeks ago. Right? <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, man, I wish it was just a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so Back in Black goes forward. And um, and now it's only going to get bad from here as far as Highway to Hell is concerned. Hey, you serve good drinks, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> We've got Get It Hot versus You Shook Me All, all right. Night Long. Next. Shook Me. Uh, Next. <laughs> Come on. That's the, like the most popular ACDC song of I all mean, time. I mean, we're like shook me next. There's no way we're gonna like debate. Get it hot, are we? I gotta tell you, I like get it hot, but it, no, it's not. Too. It's I like to get it hot too. I mean, I, okay, no, no. no. I gotta go. So there is there an argument? Is there an argument? Maybe not. But are there are there points to hit? Absolutely. Um, there we are. Okay, so um. In my opinion, "Get It Hot," I'm going to say it right out of the gate is a oh, very there we go. is a very typical 
album filler type song. Yes, yes. Um, yes. Nothing stands out. Nothing memorable. Um, it had a lyric, get it hot. And I feel like, oh, let's write a song. That's, uh, it sounds great. It sounds like a, but it it was needs to a be good in a song, song, so let's write a song, and but we'll call it Get It Hot. As far as fillers go, it's, it's great. It's, it, it is. It's a song. But I mean, it is. If we were discussing songs that were filler songs on album, this would be, it would belong on like a top 20, I mean, top look, ACDC has done a couple albums that were nothing but fillers. Yes, I mean, they have. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> just to be yeah. honest. What was yeah. the just to be um, honest. Black Eyes? This Ice, is a better one. Yes, Black Eyes and uh, Rock and Roll Train. Yes. Like Those were the only two hits from the from the albums, and they were nowhere near on the on the same caliber. I think other on the hits. wall kind of got in there too. Oh. Uh, oh, Terry, you could take the fucking stairs. You could take the door. Um, hey, did you not notice the, the the vocals are like cut down halfway on that entire album? On uh, 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 the wall. On yes, the wall. yes, the guitars There's stand out more. There's yes, a I do. For that um, because it sucked. Uh, I strongly disagree. I think, actually I like a couple. Of okay, now now that. now hear me out on I this. I kind of agree, but it's also Angus's band. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not anybody else's. Band. Hear me out on this. Well, uh, no, 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 Angus and Malcolm. Come on now. Well, Angus and Malcolm, yes, there you go, there you which go. are both guitar players. So if you have a band that is run by guitar players, you're gonna have low an awesome vocals. band. You're gonna have low vocal mix. <laughs> Awesome. If you so you're talking as long about as there's no keyboard because guitar players just want their guitars so fucking loud, which I don't I don't hate. But okay, so we're we're talking about this. We're we're going on a different album, but I want to touch on that because I actually really love the Fly on the Wall album, and what I like about that is the mix. It the vocals are not as out in the front, and it's like a just a fatter sound in my opinion because of that. Um, when you've got like Sink the Pink and Shake the Foundations, like those are rocking songs that really you feel the band. But you see, just... those songs kind of, they kind of came and went really fast. Like Shake Your Foundations was great, but the video was better than the song. Oh, like, see, it, I, I don't know. To me, the video made the song. Now, the actual, but... the actual song Fly on the Wall. To me, it was better than all of them. But oh, yeah. really? No, I, I do disagree on that. Now, I do like... Did you like the concept of how... See that shit? There was like... He drank all this. There was like four, al there was like four songs from the album that the music video like went across. And like I told a, a concise story from the, from the songs. Nobody? Nothing? Okay, moving right along. <laughs> I've completely lost control of this shit. Of course you have. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I'm writing down. I came here just for that reason, you know. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> hey, Not he, really. he said it was fine. Okay, so I'm going to but the he knew comments. It would be the demise of of roast coffee music, whatever is the name of his podcast. Oh, Lynn says I didn't know until the night that Mutt Lang produced all this goodness, but now I know why Ben is the back best song. Back in back in black, which is. B I B, um, oh. it's like she can't oh, type. Oh yeah, way to um, go with your bin. Yeah, um, it, it, why it's the best song ever. Okay, so I'm gonna start tallying points here. Look, um, see this? He drank it all. Shut up, Kim. He is wrong about the stash. We're not going there. <laughs> uh, you shook me. Um, I mean, I know this is gonna be one sided, so I don't even know why. Um, oh, Brian, with Get It Hot. Brian, tell me why you like Get It Hot. Give me, give me a quick little synopsis of what it is about Get It Hot that you enjoy. Yeah, he needs a supporter, um, right? Gail now. Fritz with uh, Shook Me All Night Long. Yeah, hundred percent. Chris with Shook Me. Um, I think. She oh, Terry, it's been nice having you on the show, but this is where we got to part, my my friend. Stiff upper lip is actually my secret favorite. ACDC album of all time. There is not a song on that album that I skip. There's not a word on that album that I do not know. Hey, hey, hey. 
careful. Terry Parker is a beast. I'm here to tell you, I'll take him on on Stiff Upper Lip. Uh, okay. I don't care who you are. I'm telling you, Terry Parker's a beast. He knows his shit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, Shane uh -huh. Jennings is on. Uh-huh. You little chicken shit with your back <laughs> problems. I hope you're fucking torn up. I hope you got your like leg up on a on a hoist. <laughs> you got no back problems. You're just worried about talking about a band that doesn't play double kick drum pedal. And Jackson guitars and carbon amps <laughs> and China symbols. What's up, Shane Jennings? Uh Deb, I like your idea there. Um Chris says I'm a roofer. Yeah, we know. Uh, he's uh, the roof the roof the roof is on fire Josh Poole was shook me um, the drums Brian likes the drums better and get it hot I, you know honestly from that perspective I have got to strongly disagree with you because I actually really like the drum groove and shook me all night long mm -hmm. It's very basic, but it's but it's plain. I mean, I mean, it's, it, like, it's still it it's in your follow, face, though. I mean, but it doesn't good. follow their yeah. traditional two four. Mm, tch, mm, tch. Imagine how terrible it's got that it'd pause be in there. If it was like mm, tch, 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 that would that would suck so bad. Fuck a double bass. Not only that, imagine double bass pedals can all burn in hell. Not only that, imagine if all the drums that they played were all at the same level and all the cymbals were all at the exact same. I mean, it just no dynamics. No dynamics. The church that wanted to like burn like secular shook me all night long. Is going on, by the way. They should have burned double kick drum pedals. Nobody wants. That's the dumbest shit ever. Anyway, Back in Black is the... You shook me. <laughs> well, and Back in Black are two of the best rock songs ever written, and there's no double bass drum. You should actually... You, should actually, you shouldn't have invited us. I you shouldn't didn't have. want it to no, go off right. the rails. You shouldn't have invited him. Hey, he didn't or invite me. I showed up. If the you fuck didn't up, want man. it to go off the fucking rails, I'll tell you that right now. I thought you needed some backup, so I showed up. Oh, that's, here that's we go. What, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no, you're no, 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 that's where he's right. Dan did need backup. He always needs backup. Look at the bands he's oh been in. Oh my god, look at you guys being mean to me. You guys are being mean to me. He had great musicians in the machine gun and he's got a great musician in boot. Like, come oh! on. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm Tell me I'm wrong. No, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm joking. I'm just... <laughs> hey, I've always been the coattail guy. Don't get me wrong. I got no problem admitting that. Oh, Shane Jennings. Oh, he's trying, trying to, to watch, but the phone keeps refreshing. You know what the problem is with your phone? Something's wrong with the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> he's laid Turn it around. The problem's going to be on the back. I he's laid in you. bed with back problems. Like, I can't push watch as good as i could if my back was better oh lord oh, shut up janes i just put i just combined shane and jennings together and i said shut up janes yeah no we heard we fucking heard good, good. I'm hoping is there a service that like delivers liquor because i'm gonna have to order some more because uh, you're so. out well uh, so this fireball oh fuck that that's nasty, yeah. man. I've got nasty some Jose. Fireball. Do you like Jose? Are you a tequila guy? Yes, I guess. Well, looky there. Just like that, tequila Jared's in the house. Well, looky there. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to let you folks. Oh, Jesus. 
Somebody, you know. Yeah, yeah, Careful. Yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna let, yeah. All right. I'm gonna let you guys pour your own drinks. I gotta go pee. I know. So we staying live while you go pee? Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's just me and Y'all him. talk all oh, the shit dude. you want and know that you're wrong the whole time. So we're going to go from here? All right. So what all about right, Jared's face guy. painting? I just, I just heard Axel Rose bust a nut just as you left. So what about Jared's <laughs> face painting? Let's start there. Yeah, let's start here. Ah! Where are we starting? <laughs> we're starting with Jared's face painting. Hey, just so everybody knows, everything, there's a teleprompter right up front here. He's everything. He's reading everything from a fucking book. There's no such thing as like, oh, this is unscripted bullshit. I've even got a script in front of me and there's nothing on it. Except for what I'm saying right now. That's fucking ridiculous. Read your lines. Read your lines. Stop it. I am not going to get on my knees. No, I'm not reading my lines. I'm not getting on my knees and doing nothing. Okay? No, I would would not. He knew. He knew inviting us on would be a problem. I am not going to get on my knees and suck Axel's anything. I don't care what this (laughs) teleprompter says. This is crazy. (laughs) It is crazy. No, I'm just joking. You know this is this is a lot of fun. And Jared just fucking he's awesome. So I know that's why we're here because we cheers. love the shit out of it. So let's yeah, do a shot before he gets back. Oh damn it! I think he's on his way. Cheers to you. That's not this. That's the other white meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! There we go, Maynard. Yeah, I know. That donut really killed me. <laughs> Are we still on the air? Or do they get us kicked off? All no, we're there. still fine with 13 watching, motherfucker. Time to trash talk Jared. That's what Josh Poole says. Holy this crap. will be fun. This will be the shortest conversation ever. Why? Holy crap. I think I like the fireball better. All right, let's <laughs> let's just... God. We're just going to... Huh? Yeah. Her little summy sum right here. There's already some in it. Tara's already down on her hands and knees. Yeah, that's the way I like her. <laughs> Right. Tara's got so much shit going on, she can't even keep up. She's like, no. where is it? Where? Oh, there it is. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> um, okay, so we're back on track. No, we're not on track. Let's just say that uh, Back in Black is a better record than Highway to Hell. Hey, and we'll move on. No, it just is. You're, you're getting ahead of the game. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's the vote say? What, how, how is all it going right, so right, far? All right, let's, let's, we'll, let's we'll roll there. through. We'll get there. We'll okay, get there. Okay, okay. Yeah, shook me. We're on that one that round. Easier for me to They're try good. to say. Yeah, back black's gonna win most rounds. Um, and okay. then you're gonna end this with <laughs> fucking <laughs> rock and roll. I know pollution. This listen. This highway to hell record has song, no right? chance in hell yeah. of winning yeah. this competition. All right, go ahead. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to try and rein the shit show in. Um, I'm, I'm, hey, you're the one that caused it. I've got the power as well, so here's what I do with I my power. Ju- I can just delete Boom! Like that, I've got the power. And we're going to go to a commercial break. Hey, musicians. Do your shows need that extra layer of fun and excitement? Wow your fans with Next Level Production and let Sunset Productions help you up your game. We can create custom and unique sound, 
lighting, and video packages designed just for you and your budget. Let's work together and give our community the shows they deserve. For more information, contact Jared Isaacs at Sunset Productions Springfield at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Sunset Productions. Sunset Productions. Don't be a jukebox. Be an experience. And we're back. Back in black! Oh, noise! It's a sack! Been long, I'm glad to be back! You dirty fucking whore. Let loose! He's a poser! No, I'm not! He's a fucking poser, you potato poser. <laughs> Hashtag you potato poser! Potato poser. Oh, I love it. I love having you guys here. I love having you guys here. Um, this is good shit. I don't care who you are. I'm having a good time, and I hope you guys are too. We may so, seem to be arguing, but this is fun. No, this it really is. is. No, yeah. there's no arguing. It is. It is. Um, I mean, Jared's generally wrong, but there's no arguing. Yeah. Right, yeah. there's no argument. Yeah, there's not an argument about it. He's just wrong. Yeah, but, you know. I mean, but other than that, we're having a great time. I actually listened to him like take a drum lesson one time, and he was wrong from the very fucking <laughs> first time he stepped in the music store. And spitting the truth right and, here. And spitting he the really truth. really has been wrong ever since. So, I mean, you can ask the entire town of Ava. He's wrong. Yeah. Seriously. I'm not kidding. The motherfucker's wrong. Not just about music There's either, something right? wrong about this boy. <laughs> something wrong about this boy. <laughs> you made me laugh so hard, I literally spilled my coffee. That's amazing. <laughs> no, you're right. And funny story about that, which I did kind of... Hey, do you remember? I actually had, I actually took one of your drum lessons for you. I, I, I had you take one of the drum lessons. Like, Ernie was busy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I kept I do. you doing the same damn thing for yes, like two I, hours. I do. So No, no, no. But I talked about that on my show. On, I'm sorry, on my episode of their show when I was on their podcast. We talked about this. And um, my first lesson, you know, to kind of gauge where I was, um, Ernie was like, play, play something. Anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Just play something and let me know what it is or how, how it sounds or whatever, where you're at. I actually wanted you to be a better drummer than he was. Did you really? Oh, yeah. You know what? Ernie's great. But Ernie is seventies and eighties, and I was I, I was hoping to like you walked in, you had a fresh new mm -hmm. attitude and everything. I'm like, okay, this is somebody that can maybe, maybe you know, like hit it up a little different. And yeah, yeah, and uh, not nothing against Ernie or anything. No. but <laughs> I was actually practicing guitar, and I was I was managing the store, right? And you come in for a, a drum session, and Ernie had man, Ernie had a lot of shit going on. 100%. I mean, he really did. Yeah, he had a lot of yeah, yeah. He's he's like, oh, Jared's here, drum lesson. I'm like, yep. I know what he needs to know. I mean, yep. so I'm like, hey, you know what? Hit this hat, hit this snare, hit that bass. Wait. Keep going until I say something different. That's exactly what I talked about I on the show. I think I forgot what you were doing for a long time. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that kid's back there. Oh shit, what is that? <laughs> I'm gonna tune it out. Yeah, I've already tuned it out. No, no, no. So. Um, no, it was all about keeping the beat. And, well, it was. You did. You did. And I did. I do wish that in the moment you would have said, hey, listen to other drummers or something. Something to help me grow I, so I was separate I, from Dirty. See, I couldn't say anything because... The dynamics of what was going on. Uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. 
but I didn't want anybody to be upset. So I want to I want to talk about that for a second because I I did discuss this on on Dan and Tara's show. Is I go in for my first lesson and I played a Sugar Ray song and I played it because it had like a big drum fill, think Hawaii Five O kind of thing in the in the beginning. And I play this and like I'm all over the place. I don't know. You start a roll with your right hand and you do this and it, and it should flow. Like I'm just like beating the shit out of whatever I can reach. And at that point, Ernie's like. Hit the hi hat and give me quarter notes and don't stop. Just just go for five ten minutes until I tell you otherwise. And so between he and you doing the same thing, like really enforcing that foundation, you have to have that foundation to build on. And and later I was able to do that. And later after I moved away from Ava and started playing in bands um, that had a different style. But um, that's actually a foundation it, that most drummers don't get. No, you're it's, right. Um, you're right. You you were it was kind of it's I like it's kind of story like, when it's he kind told of like that. the kind of like the big brother beating up the sister or, or you know yeah. what i mean it's like yeah. and we did we did yeah. that to you it's yeah. like no you're you keep but going you until of, you get this shit right yes and, you did it out of love and, and wanting to actually better the end product and not just love but earplugs too because i was <laughs> <laughs> you can only hear you can only I'm hear sitting a, there with earplugs like oh my god he fucking sucks yeah but <laughs> i did but I did. Well, it wasn't that you sucked it was just that that you were only told no to get three different yeah. things yeah. you know so Oh, yep. Gosh. No, the, the good memories, and I, I'm I'm glad and also surprised that you remember some of that stuff because it has been. Oh, I remember all of it forever. Man, unfortunately, well, tell your ears. I said I'm sorry. I remember the strip. Um, all right, so let's let's see here. Um, we are going to continue on our little journey over here. If I can grab the right mouse, and um, actually, that's what I should have been fucking doing. Damn it. Whoa, I haven't seen that script. What, what, what's going on? Yeah, we're going off script, folks. We're going off script. What? Wait, then why do I got all these words I got to say? This is weird. Yeah. Um, speaking of words you got to say, um, we talked about it on the last show. Terry, plug your uh, your DJ show. Talk about that for a little bit. Oh, oh no. It, well, it's... it's, uh, it's um, how do I put this without causing any problems? It's a social media lounge. Uh, and I'm, I'm a DJ... In, in a lounge it's not a big deal but i mean like i'm one of the top members of the social media group and you know it's worth listening to but there are also other djs in this lounge that are worth listening to and but my particular pick of the things i talk about and the things that uh what you hear it's all metal actually the whole group is metal but my metal is like how do I put it? Not foreign. Okay. Gotcha. There's a lot of third world metal that I, I'm not really into it that much. And but I will I will play something every now and then. But I'm an '80s and '90s child, man. Uh, you're gonna hear a lot of '80s and chi- '90s. Yeah, no, metal it's, from me, you know. Yeah, I dig that. Um, I'm trying to update the scoreboard here so I can put it so I can throw it up on the screen. And did I send you a link to that? Did you did. I think I did. You yeah, did. Yeah, you okay. did. Um, and I'm doing like uh, Tuesdays and Fridays now, but I, I'm, I'm okay. not really sure what the time is. Do me a favor for for your next show. Um, take that link and put it on the Audio Rose podcast page. I can so do that. that. So that people who are I watching can, yeah, can, uh, can yeah. check that out. Absolutely. Oh, don't you listen. Don't you beep at me, you shiny little bitch. You beeper. Try, trying to go off. No, the teleprompter here. is not fixed. Just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> my words keep changing every time I say something. Right. 
Any day. Still, now. look, these knee, I'm not putting on knee pads. Dude, seriously, we got to get through this. <laughs> knee pads, come on. Jesus. Don't bring me down. Roosh. Doosh. 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 that bitch didn't get paid she, she just came in off the fucking secretary desk. is there really a girl are you sure I, about this i don't know did you do that. your research no i did not i'm just saying nobody that sings that high got paid to play you mean cash hey you can't prove <laughs> i can't prove it but you can't prove me wrong that's anyway that's fair. fair enough nobody goes in the studio and goes Damn it, I did that once paid. and didn't get paid. You sure did. And gets paid. I heard it. No, they don't get paid. He's right. I did that once. Not and 10 and 9. Not 10 and 9. They might get paid. Other I'm going to forget to ask you this. So they before I do, what was the song? Coke or something. What was the song that you guys did in Crimson Steel? Something about a monkey. A uh, monkey on a rocket or a monkey on a missile or. Oh, 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 oh. Um, let's see. Hellraiser. Let's see. No, that's Tie Me to the Wall. Let's see. Um, wasn't Hellraiser the guy that had all the pins? God damn. What the? I, I wish I could remember more of that lyric, but it was something to do with a uh, monkey, monkey on a missile, or monkey on a rocket, or something like that. You know, I'm, I, think you're, I think story, you're thinking you're thinking about uh, Hellraiser, which is like tie me. Uh, hell, I don't even remember what the hell I sang the damn thing. No, but you're right. Tie, tie me, tie me something. That, like, that's right. Tie me to a wall. Uh, Something about chains in a wall. So oh. fuck, I don't remember, man. Keep Ernie going. wrote the lyrics. I sang it. That's okay, there you all go. I know, man. All right, all right. So we we've got the we've got. It was actually a pretty good tune. It, it was. I actually, really I asked because that was one of my favorites. You guys did. Sounds amazing. <laughs> no, I think it was Hollywood, man. I think it was that's Hollywood. It. That down in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So score, as you can see, we are closer than you might imagine. We are three for Highway to Hell and four for Back in Black. No, it is this not is, this as is, one-sided as I thought it might be going into this. Well, but this is when it really gets bad. Which is why I did a scoreboard now. The last five songs is like Back in Black songs. Are well, we've kidding? only got three songs left. Okay. So. Okay. You'll see. <laughs> okay. Rock and roll. I know. Okay. Um, you know the watchers are automatically going to say something from Highway to Hell just because of what you said, man. So be it. Um, oh, Therapy yeah. a little. Sorry, so, oh, um, no, that's no. all right. My my. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry, Tara's over there peeing a little. So yeah. Here's where we are next. Um, come on, Mouse. Where you be? <laughs> If you want blood versus have a drink on me. Oh, and, uh, wait, no. Listen to this. Already. Have a drink on me. Do you know how many times I have actually sang that? Just karaoke, sang that song. Yeah, but how many times have you sang it right? Every damn time. Doesn't matter. My man. My man. Doesn't matter. Um, if you want blood, damn good song, but have a drink on me. Dan, no, how many times not, is, not even. How many times does the uh, lyrics in have a drink on me say the word potato? Uh, six times. There you go. Accurate. Sang it. Accurate. Yes. Accurate. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, um, a potato on me. Yeah. No, I've done it. Yeah. Uh, Tara Lynn says, "Have a drink on me." Um, and so Terry says, "Have a drink on me." Uh, Dan probably says, "Have a drink on me." Hundred percent. Um, Jared says, "Where's my notes?" <laughs> 
Well, oh, the script says if you want blood. You, you know, it's right there. I mean, come on. <laughs> don't, even, don't even throw any bullshit. Listen here, you dirty little bitches. <laughs> okay. Um, Brian says have a drink on me. I believe I will. Um, okay, so here. I did that, boy. That bottle went fast, man. Here's here's my notes on this. Um, if you want blood, again with the um, with the lyrics, um, it's animal living in the zoo. Animal, the shit that they toss to you. Um, feeling like a Christian locked in a cage, thrown to the lions on the second page. Tell me that's not good fucking lyrics. Um, but, um, so another thing that I noticed too. Um, which was really fun if you just listen to this. I would love to make like a montage of this. Um, I'm going to call these like um, throws to a guitar solo. And it's like a little quip that's said. Um, and so like, get out! And then like the guitar starts, you know? So the one for this, for uh, if you want blood, is O, o positive, which is like a blood joke. And I'm like, that's that's a neat little inside like, baseball game. Oh, Right. Oh, positive. Um, so to me, the dynamics in the song um, are a little bit off towards the ending. Uh, the guitar is too busy underneath the vocals, and I wish that it would kind of slow down. I think it would sound better um, with maybe some more sustained chords and stuff. Another thing that's interesting about this, and it is not a, a normal thing for um, ACDC, is um, on the uh, on the words "you got it" at the end of the song, towards the end of the song. Um, there's actually an echo, a, a, a delay effect on there, and that's you don't hear any kind of effects and that kind of stuff with ACDC. It's true and straightforward, but that one is where they, on that one little part, had a had a little something something special. Um, so for have a drink on me. There's nothing wrong with a little delay though. No, no, it, it definitely works for the song. It, it, it it's it's well fit. Um, have a drink on me. Something about the sound or the tone of the guitar. Um, is kind of um, a foreshadowing of what was to come in 1985 from Fly on the Wall. Um, if you really listen to the tone of the guitar, um, uh, to me, the, the lyrics of Have a Drink on Me are great. Um, it makes you want to party and drink and have fun, that kind of thing. Um, the ending note of Have a Drink on Me! So the on is actually an E6. It's nuts. Um, and uh, the, the little quip for that, uh, the, the guitar throw, is, uh, get stoned! And I think that's a neat little something-something. Mm -hmm. little so, yeah, so my vote is uh, have a drink on me. Okay, well, just because you picked that, I'm going to disagree now. I'm going to change my whole vote. Oh, figure. So, uh, no, I'm not. I'm serious. Uh, no, I'm seriously kidding. <clears throat> no, absolutely not. That is, that's, that's, the, I mean, I, I, there's really no comparison. However, if you want blood, it's a damn good song. I mean, like yes. I've, I've, created, no, it is. I've created CDs where you like you like name something so you know the best song on the CD. And if you want blood, you've got it was like on two or three of them. So I mean, it's the it, it's a great damn song. Yeah. But have a drink on me. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, and and Kim says, uh, and especially if you're in a bar and you're singing. That's it. the thing. Like it's it's very much a bar <laughs> band on. kind of song. Yeah. Like if if you're a band that plays in bars, this song, I promise you, no matter what band you are, whatever what bar you're in, this will this will get them going. Though. Yeah. Um, Kim Garmory says, uh, "If you want blood, is my all-time favorite." Mm -hmm. um, so I got you down for that. Um, Chris Schneider. With all the negativity in Facebook land these days, which, yes, there's a lot of, and it's bullshit, uh, watching tonight was a breath of fresh air. Have a drink on me. I'm old and off to bed. Night, y'all. Good all night, music, good sir. All music, no politics, man. Good night, good sir, and I appreciate that. Um, I do try to stay positive and, uh, and, and just kind of be entertaining and lighthearted. So, yeah, I appreciate that. It's 
It's only 8 o'clock, Chris. Shut the fuck up. You're not going to bed right now. <laughs> Tell him. But I understand. I understand that you're leaving a comment, and that's great. But you're going to stay up. So just, I love that, and it was a great Right, it's cute. Good. It's not, It looks good it's on paper. Cute, but, but you're not going to bed at 8 o'clock, so shut the fuck up. Just go get you another drink and some popcorn. Yeah, go have a that, drink on him. In that, Go get some popcorn in that same bowl that you used to throw up in. And bring that shit out and keep watching our show. So just, I love you, buddy, but but just shut up. You're not going to bed right now. Kim says, right. um, I can remember my dad playing drums to songs on, in the on the radio. Um, and if you want blood, is exactly the kind of song he would play with. That's cool. It's it's interesting mm -hmm. to me how people correlate music with certain time frames and certain activities and things. Great tune. Um, yeah, it is. It really is. Um, yeah. So it's pretty cool. By a landslide. Um, Drink beats blood. You know, until tonight, I did not realize how many ACDC songs I've covered in bands. Yeah, that's serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it. I'm like, we're going through all this shit. I'm like, oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. There's, uh, there's like six bands, and I can't. Uh, so, well, there may have been a song an hour or so back, but. I've I've covered all these days. I know, so. I know. And it's funny how I, I never put two and two together on which singer it was. It didn't matter to I, me. I didn't care either. I was just like, no. ah. It's all good. I was it's like, ah, oh, Brian Johnson. I don't know which one sang that one. I don't know. Okay. Might, might, might sing like Brian Johnson doing fucking Bon Scott. Who knows? Right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, Brian Johnson does do a good Bon Scott. Yeah. But we yeah. could yeah. we but we would never know if Bon Scott would have done a good Brian Johnson. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah, that's true. An amazing Brian Johnson live version of the fucking song about the girl. What Girls Got Rhythm? Huh? That Bon Scott did? Girls Got Rhythm? Well, no. it was a Bon Scott song, but Brian did it and it was amazing. Oh. And it was the uh one about the girl. J Josie or Rosie? Rosie. Or? Whole lot of Rosie. Rosie. Whole, Whole lot, lot of Rosie. Yeah. Have you seen? Yeah. Hey, I want to tell you something. If you go to a bar oh and you're God. by yourself and you wanted to get laid and you're a good singer, that's the fucking song. What, I'm to not, play I, on the I'm jukebox? Sorry. No, to sing on karaoke, man. Karaoke, oh, karaoke. A karaoke bar. Maybe I didn't clear that up. I'm telling you. Whole that's lot of song. Rosie. That's the song. Especially if you can. And it like, was a like Bon Scott song, in, but. You can fucking, kick it in. Brian kills it. Yeah, he does. Um, and speaking on that point, Ron Blair brings up a good point, too. Um, if you want blood, especially the live version, ACDC at the Ross. So that's the thing, too. Like, you got it. Some of their studio albums are really, really great, but it's like elevated in some cases that when they play it live. It's a whole different Yeah. It's and especially when you see thing. the crowd and, the, and the, just you experience the whole thing as as a, a singular unit it really increases the uh the feel of the songs i'm not a really big fan of acdc with brian johnson live as much as i am with bon scott really i, 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 I will disagree with that I, I like the studio version of brian johnson better than i like the studio of bon scott but but the live shit i like bon scott better i mean so about that like i feel like bon scott goes off script, if you will, he like does. he doesn't follow the same melodies uh, necessarily, and, and that kind of thing. Where Brian know what does kind of going on, and and no, no offense to anybody, but Brian Johnson, he's he's one of my fucking vocal heroes because he does some shit that I wish I could do, right? But whenever Did Dan whenever just, I see him live, it's Dan of, just oh, got I him the Christian. I, hang on, no, uh, -uh, uh, -uh. No, I, I was in, like, 
Dan just got on to Chris Schneider about going to bed, and now he's over here yawning on the fucking show. No, I oh, was. Wow. Now, in my head, I was like, yeah. That kind of shit. He, he, he was showing me just how excited Dan Fritz, Brian forever the bullshit artist. <laughs> wow. I was like, yeah. <laughs> No, my thing is, though, it's like Brian Johnson, you always know it's going to be about the music. It's going to be about he's going to sing. He's going to stand back and let Angus play. But with Bon Scott, it's like, you just don't fucking know. Yeah. You, you know, it's like he's such a character. He was, he was such a character. You just yep. didn't know what he's going to do. No, that's true. That's if true. he was standing off to the side and the, and the camera just kind of caught him a little bit. He might be playing with himself for all you know. Or I mean, picking his nose or yeah. taking a leak but or yeah. It's, but it's entertaining. Yep. And 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 the 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 live versions that went out on albums actually kind of pulled that out, just like a whole lot of Rosie. Like it was, you know, I, I've heard both live versions of that, and they're. Both fucking awesome. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, isn't it? That is a tough one. Because Bond's got, I mean, just generally speaking, I mean, we don't have to get into a bunch of details. Generally speaking, Bond Scott was off the rails. Yep. And Brian was on the rails. And so. I agree with that. He was. I agree with that. And so the only person I care about in the whole entire world is Angus. If Angus, if Angus loved. Bond. I'm more of a Malcolm fan, but I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I think agree, Angus and Malcolm are one and the I'm, same. I, don't know, I like the big guitar. Well, know? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Angus and Malcolm are everything. So to me, if Angus and Malcolm think that Bon Scott's the best singer in the world, then that's where my vote is. If Angus and Malcolm think that Brian is the best singer in the world, that's where my vote is. The Unfortunately, only thing I, I know that- of, I haven't been able to meet them personally. And sit down across the fucking coffee table and have tea with them. So I don't really know which one they think is the best singer in the world. <clears throat> you mean have coffee? And with I them. don't think they would know either. They, coffee, there's no, no tea. No coffee, oh. coffee, coffee oh. on the audio roast podcast. Coffee on their audio roast. Unfortunately, podcast. Malcolm can't tell us his story, but Angus, I'm quite sure, would probably say either one. I mean, yeah, I think, right. So I they both he, they, they both would. did something for the band. I think he yeah. would for different reasons. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And they and Angus has had problems with both of them. He right. had problems. He uh, for a long time he didn't like Bon Scott that much. They well, got along. They got along band wise, but nah, that's what I'm saying. The, really the, the level of frustration and then, and that then, Angus had with Mal with uh, Bon Scott. Yep. And then that compared later to with Brian Johnson too, what he experienced with Brian Johnson, which probably had frustrations too. But you know what yeah. we you. It doesn't matter how good a friend you are. We could are. do this all night, right? Right. Yeah. So, speaking of which, we're going to move along. All right. Um, so, next up, we've got... Damn, you're late on your script, just so you know. That was like 20 minutes ago. Love Hungry Man versus Shake a Leg. Um, okay, I guess I'll start on this one. Shake a Leg, uh, some of the uh, the lyrics that I've got written down. Um, Magazines, wet dreams, dirty women on machines for me. Uh, big licks, skin flicks, tricky dicks are my chemistry. Stop your grinning, drop your linen for me. Uh, the solo starts out fairly generic, but it does go to a, um, a predecessor lick of Thunderstruck with Angus on the hammer-ons. So think of about the hammer-ons that you hear. There's a little clip of something very similar to that in Shake a Leg. Um, and then on uh, Love Hungry Man, I've got um, 
it's in my opinion it suffers from being too spacious in the first verse and the first chorus um and the uh the uh vocal quipper go line uh to that is i'm telling you um which is a g5 that's a pretty freaking high note to to throw to um and then uh the good the great guitar riff that uh, starts out in the second verse is a really cool riff because it's got an odd time signature. It's like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, that kind of thing. I, I just think it's a different dynamic from a lot of the two, four beats that ACDC is known for. So my vote is Love Hungry Man. Okay, I'll stay. Uh, I'll start. I'll start. Okay. First of all, is G5 high for you, bitch? Nah, sorry, but he, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Actually, I, you know, I love shaking. Like I got that. something for your ass. Keep I, talking, bitch. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you want? Oh, oh. You know what? We gotta oh. do some kind of dueling shit here, man. Seriously. But shake a leg is like I still love that song, but love hungry man. I, uh, kind of these both are kind of like filler tunes to me. And, Again, but I, but yes. I think I, I've liked Long, Love Hungry Man more than Shake a Lake. I mean, I just, I, I'm actually uncomfortable to sit here and talk about ACDC and refer to like a G5. Like, I don't, I don't know what the actual fuck we're talking about. <laughs> like, like, like ACDC. This is like Axel High, okay? Okay, it's Axel High. That's it. G5 is like as high as Axel fucking goes and holds it, okay? Brian Johnson and ACDC doesn't actually go that high, but they do scream it, so you can't really tell what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Okay. No, come to my show and fuck with me. I'm here to tell you. Hey, I agree with you. Oh, okay. Except for I'm going to outdo your ass one of you. Know what? We're guns and fucking roads. Stop. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Oh, my God. Holy shit. I'm going to sell out Axel your ass. You just wait. You watch. You watch. Hey, you, 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 you know what? <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> That's okay, Padawan. I will teach you the way. Yeah, I'm not changing it. That's great. Oh my god, my fucking fat gut hurts. <laughs> okay, um, let's try it. Where the fuck is this? Seriously, order. I, I thought I ordered some fucking crown because this is bullshit. Sprinkle sucks on his order bullshit, man. I can't, you guys. I can't. I can't. Holy <laughs> fuck. Okay. Um, oh my God. Ron, before I forget, Ron Blair, shake a leg. Okay. Um, Brian Betancourt says, uh, Love Hungry Man. Um, Tara says, I gotta breathe. <laughs> Just because most <laughs> shake a leg is an octave, uh, hardly is. Me, yeah, calm down over there. Um, <laughs> with your high ass notes. Uh, <laughs> just because most shake. Just because most of shake is an octave, hardly any cover band can do. I'm going with shake. Okay. 
man, I'm really trying to focus. This is fucking throwing me so much. Um, uh, it is. Um, yeah. You allowed me on your set, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm the dumb motherfucker. You're right. You're right. No, I love you. I love you, man. I love you too. I do. I love you too, man. I do. I, hey, I ain't giving no. you no hug on fucking online. Hey, Hannah, man. But we'll, you know what? Maybe later. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, so, so, uh, Stop. Terry, Terry, do you do? Stop. Are you are you going Love Hungry Man or are you going Shake a Leg? No, I think I'm gonna go Love Hungry Man because you know, you know, I'm a Love Hungry Man. You know. Oh you know. God. I hope I hope you guys have insurance on your phones because I'm sure you guys have dropped your phones from laughing. Uh, this is fucking amazing, and oh my God, you have no idea. You have no idea. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, um, Dan, where uh, where do you fall on this? Love hungry man or shake a leg? I'm gonna <laughs> do. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do shake a leg. Shake a leg. All right. I'm gonna do shake a leg. Just. No big explanation. I'm going. That's fair. Um, Wait a minute. I don't know how I sound. What have you done, dude? What are you talking? Do about? I sound like a squeaky Australian or what? Are you, what are you talking about, Axel? No, you're hitting all the right notes. You sound just like Axel. It's amazing. You know what? This podcast is going to end, and we're going to have an issue. <laughs> are, are we going to have an issue? <laughs> okay. Oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> You're in so much trouble. Oh, am I? Oh my God! It's like all of a sudden your balls dropped. Nah, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, so I think that's funny. I love it. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have an issue. <laughs> an issue. <laughs> oh my God! It was funny for a minute. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a good idea. No. Good idea. Our host soft ass. All he's doing is reading a fucking teleprompter and like trying you to get sound us, just like Dan Fritz, to I get swear. us to read shit and we're ignoring it. And he's getting mad at us. He's like, there's a fucking gun actually pointed. Well, no, okay, it's a squirt gun. Sorry. But still, it's a gun pointed right at me, telling me to say shit. I'm not going to say this shit. I'm not, I'm not going to say this shit. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Well, then why are you fucking, you got your fucking finger on the trigger. This is bullshit. Oh, it you, is. Now you know. You show your hands on camera, and then you fucking pull it down. Ah, oh, man, I'm telling you. Why did I not do this when I interviewed Eric Gwynn, for the love of God? <laughs> wow, man, this is some shit. <laughs> this is some shit. Still a crown cap. Still fits a Coke bottle. Just a Oh my god. Okay, I got I got we're undoing this. That was funny, but I can't concentrate and my fucking cheeks hurt. My goddamn fat uh, gut hurts. This is some funny shit. Uh, Alright, so back in black winds and we're moving on. What's the next album? Yeah, let's get to the we can't go four more songs. Back in black fucking. Are we doing guns destroys. and against kiss now or what what's happening? Back in Black destroys. Oh, God, like tell me that wasn't the funniest fucking ten minutes of the show. Oh, that was great. Jesus Christ, man! I tell you, that was. Woo! It was a joke. That was.
Did I do that right? Joking. Yeah, I'm joking. Yeah. God. I'm jo lighten up! I'm joking! <laughs> Brian says that would have been great to do that for Eric. I agree. Um, okay, so shake a leg goes on. Um, got the wrong. Hey, do I sound normal? You do sound normal okay. now. You do sound normal now. Well, I mean, you sound as normal as you could sound. Well, all right. Well, all right. It's funny. You're a good sport. You are, man. You are. Yeah, I love this. I, I was just telling, I don't know if you were listening on the drive over, but I was just telling everybody that was watching that I haven't seen you in, I mean, probably 20 15, years. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really cool to have you. Seriously. Um, that is wild. Yeah. Okay, so um, we are on the last track. Yeah, let's jump to the last. And we are... Uh, like, there's a competition on this one. I'm yeah, sure. not... Rock and roll is not pollution. I'm your night prowler. Oh, okay, fuck, well, man. No, I love no, night prowler, you know, though. Okay, so I'm... I, I, I want to start Night Prowler. I, I want to start. That was it? Yes, I want to start with Night Prowler actually, because I don't know, Tara. Um, you might know the term for this, and Dan, you might too, because you've hang around musical people. Um, <laughs> in the chorus, Night Prowler. Visually, to me, what I hear the audio do is like a rainbow. Like I'm your Night Prowler. What is that called? Is there a word for that? Like it's a scoop up and a, and a slide down. Night! Like pitch wise, um, I love yeah, that. I don't know about that. I love that. Um, uh, so yeah, that's in the chorus, and that's the title of the song. Um, but the content is very dark, and it's almost um, really when you and I'm talking lyrically. When you listen to the lyrics, it's very almost like Merciful Fate, King Diamond, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath kind of content. Um, as far as it drawing, uh, just that really picture. I mean, it really draws a picture of. A creepy situation, a creepy guy, that kind of thing, um, and I like I like that. Um, Did you know about how how it's audibly able to to visualize things? And of course, as you're probably getting ready to say, um, there was a lot of correlation between uh, Ricky Ramirez, who was the night the Night Stalker, um, and we we watched a little segment of that about how uh, he would leave like some ACD, ACDC memorabilia at but some of the crimes and stuff. Yep, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh, that it was still before like the. Uh, what is it? P PNC, PNRC, or something like whatever the D. Snyder thing was that he fought that fucking Tipper Gore started. Um, that was kind of the beginnings of some of that, like where mo where moms and parents could go. I told you that was devil shit. You know, yeah. it's it's where they started. It's like helter skelter. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true too. That was probably really the the start. Um, so here's what my notes are for rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Tasty, sexy, story, pocket. Um, to me, that's the flag-bearing song for the future and the past of rock and roll. Um, I took a look inside your bedroom door. You look so good lying on your bed. Well, I asked you if you wanted any rhythm and love. You said you want to rock and roll instead. It's a great song. It's a great way to end the album. Remember how we talked about when you're listening to this album as an album, like start to finish, you don't fast forward and stop. Um, that's the perfect song to end with. Um, and I love how spacious and, and soulful that solo in that song is. So, yeah. Dan? Totally agree. I, I, rock and roll, ain't, no, ain't Noise Pollution is just... Off the Black and Black album? Off the Black and Black Racket. I still think... Off the Black and Black Racket is... No, no, seriously. Rock and roll ain't noise. Pollution is fucking insane. There's 
Oh that my gosh! But my I favorite. love Night Prowler. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling way. here because Night Prowler okay. is fucking really but good. Rock and roll now, wanna... noise pollution is actually probably my most favorite ACDC song. I know. Thank you, Josh. Th- thank you. It's called a glissando. I knew that. That's correct. What's a glissando? What the? No! Josh, don't the rainbow. Oh, that 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 rainbow yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, PMRC. A thank you, Ron Blair, for being my brains for the night. Um, mine seem to have. Vanished. I didn't know that was called a glissando. Man, I, I tried to bring. I tried no to way. Information. No way. Look at this. Ron, hit me, Ron Blair. Ironic. Richard Ramirez documentary is on right now. Well, how would you know, Ron? You're supposed to be watching this and focusing on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally Ron. Kidding. Totally kidding. Um, and yeah, Tara I says, I don't think there is a proper on. word. Well, it's right there. Well, apparently. Glissando is right next. Glissando is right next to Grasso or Gras. What was the Gras? I don't know. Anyway, um, oh, yes. No, y'all people can call it whatever the fuck you want. When I sing, it's just what happens. It's it's you know called I mean? magic. Yeah, it's just That's what right. Happens. Yeah. Man, um, Night Prowler. Good is God, such... both songs amazing. Okay, now I want to ask you this, Dan. Yes. We're we're talking about um, a, a mega song versus a song that you really like. How and why is that different from when we compare something like um, uh, Back in Black to Shut Down in Flames? Because. Because I think all of us love to find a song that we particularly think is just like fucking epic and awesome, but then there's like some other song that's more like popular and being sold and whatever else you want to call it. And so that's how I feel about this Night Prowler and Rock and Rolling Noise Pollution, because the 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 back in black song is like obviously way more popular than the night prowler oh that's been gone for a long time yeah no run run said been hitting the crown that crown hitting hard yeah what crown that's why it's hitting hard yeah that's been that, that was gone in like you know 30 minutes and so <laughs> then when you're so then when you're like living your life and you're like loving this song and it's like if you're going to compare these two back to back as far as radio and popularity is concerned, rock and roll ain't no sure. Pollution kills Nightcrawl, not Crawler. Let, the reason why I went ahead and stuck with my Crawler instead of Prowler is because I think the song is actually Nightcrawler instead of Prowler. Like the worms you dig up the fish with. That's what I think Night Prowler. Crawler. I'm your Nightcrawler. I fish across Dan the sea. Needs yeah, shot, that friend. kind of shit. Yeah, I do need a shot. Oh yeah. No, but seriously though, Night Prowler was never as popular. No, obviously. but it deserves the same attention as but, other popular songs. But it was they have. such a great song. I remember like fucking loving it today when I was listening to it. But I don't know. I I I would have to still just go with rock and roll like noise pollution. That song is just like. It's so like small and it's so like slow. Yeah. And it's just like. Like I said, Mercy yeah. Fate, King Diamond, uh, Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, so, so far we've got three uh, rock and roll ain't noise pollutions in the comments. What's your final answer? Uh, my final answer is rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Okay. Um, Terry, how about yourself? That's a ditto for me. Man. Okay. It's also uh, same for me. Um, I too am like Dan. I really love Night Prowler and I feel like. If it was in a different lineup, it probably would go over. Um, but because of the song it's up against, I've got to go with Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution. To me, it's yeah. just a better song. It's got really that an- anthemic. Is that a word? It is now. 
um, type approach. Um, and it's, it's just like, uh, gathering the troops and, and upping the spirits of everybody listening and stuff. You know, and I think that's really cool. Uh, as he creates these podcasts, I think there needs to be a dictionary that like it starts from episode one to a million or whatever the fuck, because if you feed him more alcohol, we get a lot of weird new words and I like them all. Do you? Like, yeah. Yeah. They're great. They're great. We like to coin new phrases. And speaking of coin, Josh, Poole, I like that pandemic thing. That was cool. I like. Did that. you yeah. the pandemic? Yeah, I was yeah. trying to park my fucking trailer and truck and shit while you were doing it, but um, I was paying attention. Yeah. So, uh, Josh Poole says I would flip a coin and to decide this one if the government hadn't created such a fake shortage, which is accurate. Um, so I will just go with rock and roll. Um, good call. Good call. Um, I'll refrain myself on this one. No, you won't. You're gonna you're gonna dish the scoop because we commit know to now. something, Ron. Yeah. Commit to something, Ron. Don't be a puss. Which song? Which song are you man. picking? I like, get on it. Get on it. Yeah. Don't be. Did you say don't be? Don't a be a night prowler. Yeah. Don't be a night prowler. Make a commitment. crawler. Don't be a night prowler. If you're gonna be a night prowler, I have a van that's got aluminum foil over the windows, and we'll and, and then we'll go give out gummy bears and shit. Other than that, fucking pick a song. Seriously. Don't die. I mean, fucking Night Prowler is so good, but I just... Like I, I, Ryan, like I said... listen, can I just say something now that we're getting to the end of our yeah, idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian is a way better fucking singer for ACDC than Bon Scott ever was. Well, there's a reason for I that. just said it. I said it. And you can love me or hate me for it. So I'm telling you right now, Bon Scott did some stuff that was fun. Bon Scott was great, but he was but, in it from the beginning. But Brian fucking brought it. Brian and that is what, here's himself. why I say it. Because Angus Young wanted Brian. Angus Young loved Bon Scott, but he was too much of a partying, stupid-ass motherfucker to make Angus happy. And guess who made Angus happy? Brian, and that's when they fucking blew up. Done deal. I'm out. That's that's the that's the vote right there. Now I I want to second that because I do think if you look at the band as a business, Brian Johnson was a better fit for the band. It was he a better. I mean, they was a better fit. He was a better fit for Angus because they saw the him. only thing the band was as a business was Angus. If Angus is happy, everybody's happy. If, it, if people talk about like his mama's happy, then everybody's happy. Like when they're talking about stupid marriages. But I'm just saying right now, if Angus is happy, everybody's happy. Did you know if Angus, Angus is not happy, nobody's Brian happy. Johnson sang before Bon Scott was ever dead, and he thought, wow. Yeah. That's a great fucking singer. Yeah. <laughs> and guess <laughs> what? <laughs> um, sorry. I, bon Scott was great, but you know what? You drank yourself to death, which I'm going to do later tonight. He however, sure did. <laughs> however, they're like, wow, okay, this guy used to drive a hearse, and he sings for this man. He's fucking awesome. Um, let's see if he actually wants to sing for us. I'm just and saying. Right. And look what happened. Look what happened. Yeah. Um Tara it could have been has been, you know. Tara says Brian Johnson dove. Yep, I agree. <laughs> and then she's like, no, I meant done. Terry, get tight. Oh, you meant done. Um 
Cinderella singer wouldn't exist without Brian Johnson. Tara, in the comments down below, explain yourself because um, I'm not sure that I agree or follow. I kind of, no, I kind of, I, 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 I get that. what she's saying, but I'm not sure. Brian Johnson created a whole new fucking sound, man. It's just so people, fucking people weird that, that people like people didn't do that growl. Follow this shit, shit, and for some reason they're attracted to Bon Scott like he was so fucking brilliant. He was not brilliant. He was actually just a fucking dumbass. Angus Young is the one that fucking started this band, drove this band, and managed this band. Bon Scott was somebody who was goofy and just liked to be funny, and he always got drunk. He was always leaving shows. He was never showing up on time. He reminds me of me. I'm telling you what. And his fucking shit got kicked out of the band via death. He got kicked out of the band millions of times before he fucking died. And actually, Angus was like, I, listen, I'm pulling this out of my ass. This is my interpretation. Angus was like, glad he's dead. Let's do another record. Oh, Jesus. 12 months later, they released Back in Black. 12 months fucking later. You don't think Angus had in his mind, I'm glad he's dead. I'm ready no, to Angus work with... Angus did say he's... Now, I will say this. I won't say that I think he was glad he's dead. He's probably glad he's out of the band. Uh, that's well, possible. that's, that's interpretable because none of us have ever met Angus. None of us have ever met Angus. And I guarantee you, if you met Angus, he probably would, if he would have a couple drinks with you and sit in the corner with you, he probably would say, I actually was glad he was dead. Because I wanted to work with somebody who wanted to get to work. Wait a minute, wait and a when he got to work and they released Back in Black, that record slaughtered this fucking record over here. Look, you got your little things up here right uh -huh. here. I'm telling you right now, Angus Young eats, breathes, and shits ACDC. So if fucking Bon Scott doesn't want to come to the table and sing songs and for fucking perform shows and fucking do it the right way, then Angus Young is out. And Angus Young is the only thing that matters when it comes to ACDC. His brother Malcolm follows. His brother Malcolm is awesome. Everything has to do with Angus and his brother Malcolm. And you think... Go read the fucking you know, stories. Do you think Malcolm and Angus gave a shit about Bon Scott? It's funny that you all like listen to the stories and you think Bon Scott is some kind of like a legendary guy. He was a doof. He was a doof. And all he wanted to do was go drink and fuck girls and didn't give a shit about the band. There was tons of times that Angus is on stage waiting for this dumb. Look at that goofy motherfucker in that fucking album cover right there with his big smile showing up probably two minutes before the photo shoot you guys need to quit giving bond scott so much fucking credit when angus young finally got finally got with this dude over here on back in black you can hear a guitar playing in this record that's completely different than angus had ever played in his entire life brian brian that's the motherfucker right there. Done. I'm out. Drop lighter. Now that's harsh, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> harsh. So Fuck harsh. Bon Scott. Fuck. So for our final score, we've got ACDC's Highway to Hell with three and Back in Black with seven, which means...
And there's your winner. Back in black is the uh, is the winner for the night. Hey, sorry. <laughs> sorry, but it's funny that not a whole lot of ACDC fans can come against me and argue against what I just said. Hey, but seriously, Bon Scott was nothing uh, but frustrating. Have a good point with uh, Cinderella. Yeah. With Cinderella. Uh, oh, wait, we're going Cinderella with Tom Kiefer. Tom. Yeah. Yep. Um, Josh Poole says, say what you will. Dan Evans was the first and only lead singer of ACDC to me. Josh, you are banned from the show, my friend. No kidding. Dave Evans was a fucking douche, Josh. Are you joking me? Like, you know, in the Bible, when like Abraham had two kids and one of his kids was with his wife and the other kid was with his concubine. No, listen, listen. No, I got I got a thing here. I was wanting to say I'm, I'm glad Josh said this, which I'm going to have to question my friendship with Josh here in a minute. But you know how in the Bible, Abraham had two sons. One of them was with his wife, and the other one was with his concubine. And then the generations that came from those two women are the ones that are fucking fighting each other and shooting each other with a bunch of missiles and guns and nuclear wars right now. This is what happened with the fucking first lead singer of ACDC, Evans. Dave Evans, was that his name? Dave Evans. That so you don't guy, even know his name. That, that says a lot right there, does it not? Fucking Dave Evans was the biggest douche that ever lived i'm telling you what dave evans is the one that birthed 80s fucking glam rock stupid shit like guns and roses and motley Crue and bon Jovi. are you gonna mute me are you gonna mute me because that see see the big brothers the big brothers controlling what i say dave evans is the one that birthed Fucking the singer of fucking Tom uh, Kiefer. Uh, Tom Kiefer, Cinderella. Cinderella, and uh, Just okay, all right, all right. Let me, all right, let me clarify really ass. quick. If you're gonna keep me, if you're gonna keep me on, let me clarify. Guns and Roses. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take them off the table. Thank you, because they were actually pretty fucking awesome. Yes. But Dave, Dave fucking Evans, the first singer. Did you catch my comparison to Abraham and the two sons that he had that birthed like a generation of people that hate each other? Dave Evans, the first singer of of ACDC, is the one that produced fucking Cinderella and fucking Poison and fucking... He's the one... Listen, he was such a douche. Have you guys actually watched any... I'm done. I, listen, I'm just making a fool of myself now, but I'm just telling you right now. The first singer of ACDC who got kicked out of the band by Angus because Angus is fucking awesome. Evans is the one who produced all these dumb shits from Cinderella and who had, uh, let's let's name some more. Let's name some more. Nelson. Hey, can you do a Guns N' Roses versus Motley Crue segment? Oh yeah, we'll do that. But Nelson like fucking Great White. Like fucking Sebastian Bach. Like fuck all them guys. Those are the guys that came from the first singer of ACDC. The guys that came from the second singer of ACDC, Bon Scott, whom you all love, is who gave us Axl Rose. So I'm going to correct myself on that. And who gave us great singers like from the cult, like fucking Black Flag. Like those kinds of bands came from Bon Scott. But as far as that first singer of ACDC... Yeah, dude, he gave you fucking Brett Michaels. So wait a minute, I'm confused. Same. 
Same. No, I, but I will say that there's nothing memorable about Dave Evans. There's, I mean, you look at contributions from Bond and you look no, at contributions from Brian and you see, you see a track record that means something. You look at the contributions from Dave Evans, you don't see anything. Like, where's the contribution? To ACDC. Not the music industry. No, not to not no, not to ACDC. But he did go on to keep singing with bands, and he was that kind of guy that would be like, he was that guy, and that's what kind of birth. Right. I, I made a biblical reference, but I don't know if anybody's getting what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that guy birth. Josh Poole says it was a joke. It was a joke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He said, wow, I didn't think I would spark this much hate for a joke. It was a joke! <laughs> okay, what time is it? Uh, I didn't think it's, I don't think it's hate, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Let's wrap it up. This is Let's do. Back in Black slaughters that record. So it's time for our final thoughts. The final thoughts are that uh, Back in Black is the one that ended up winning, and um, it was not a complete landslide. It actually... Uh, how would a hell held its ground and especially in the beginning part of the album um, it, it was actually pretty close and then just like Dan alluded to early on it's it's the second half of the album that's really going to kick it into gear um, and so um, yeah at the end of the day they're both really good albums I do think that Back in Black is overall the better album that's, that was my thought going into this I don't know did you guys were you were you steadfast in that I felt a little like Back in Black was Yes, I, I was. Uh, yeah, but I was. I was trying to be just as. I try to keep an open mind too. Like what, again, as possible. Again, whenever, like I said at the beginning of this, whenever I listen to this for t the purpose of today's show, um, <laughs> I listen to it with the ears of if I was there at a concert, how would I, how would I, um, take in some of these songs and that which where would my preferences, where would my preferences fall? Yeah, it does make a difference. So, uh, so yeah, again, um, go ahead. Yeah, I want to say something. Um, the the you doing the playlists uh is really really cool and and for those of you out there listening and and jared's gonna somewhat make fun of me but i'm talking to the dummies out there let me talk to the dummies okay. if you search the audio roast podcast wait a minute on, don't call tara a dummy i mean no no no, 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 no. i'm not I'm nothing to do with tara. I'm just if you search the Audio Rose podcast on the uh, on the uh, uh, Spotify mm -hmm. or iTunes, and you're gonna get some results, don't click Audio Rose podcast. <laughs> right under that, you need to click Audio Rose profile. If you click the Audio Rose profile instead of the podcast, that's when you'll see that they have playlists. There you go. I'm just talking to the dummies out here because I kind of fucking struggled with that today. Yeah. I went to the Audio Rose podcast and I couldn't find All you found playlist. was audio only episodes. Yeah. Right. And so then I went to the Audio Rose profile. Yeah. So like if you hit the logo, it'll drop all that down. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just talking yep. to the dummies out there. And then it was actually cool because we could listen to these uh playlist that he puts up about these uh acdc records yeah and so like i said and it was really great um you know if it's a show like this where we know what's on the board going into it those playlists will be available the week before 